for Survivor Series. Raw champions versus our best superstars is their best superstars. Now as Raw General Manager, I'm gonna make sure my show is the most dominant show. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Oh my God. Oh man. Bring it in. You know, you do great as a commissioner and all, but you know, sometimes the SmackDown talent doesn't even out. I can see it right now. In Twitter speak, hashtag under siege. Oh, that's the way it's gonna be. I have her five best men right now, and I'm about to announce. Here comes the money. Oh, wait just a minute. Is that holy cow? That's the SmackDown Live is here! Under See. Blue team, go get him! Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Awesome! Here we go again. Uh, Stephanie McMahon is back. We're gonna take out Smackdown. This is your United States of America. Oh, it's true. It's dead. You either selfish or a coward. Cross the line now. Say the truth. Nia Jax returns. This is your captain. I haven't missed any of you. Why don't you take it back? Big power. Game's not finished yet. Oh my god. Check this out. They're here. Because Enzo Amore's mouth should have to wear a diaper. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 10 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by GorillaPosition.com for Wednesday, November 1st, 2017. On today's show, we've got our red brand breakdown along with my NXT live report and a possible way to fix this under siege angle. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world, talking creative, the business aspects of professional wrestling, and of course, giving our unsolicited opinions. You can contact the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, drop us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. You can also now find us on thegorillaposition.com. More on that to come here in a bit. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Joined alongside my Huckleberry, RBV, Rick. Welcome to your show. It's me, it's me, it's RBV, Rick Vickery here. And Jargo, I'd like to be the first to formally welcome you to the family over at thegorillaposition.com. And for the listeners out there, kind of wonder what we're, what we're getting to here. We received some major news this past weekend. You know, that's the, the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are going to be featured over at thegorillaposition.com. You know, we're, we're going to talk about that in the closing, let people know what that's all about. But, you know, I want to say uh, a major thanks to the editor-in-chief over there, Ryan K. Boyman, for, for such an opportunity. Yeah, we're going to try to get Ryan on the show here in the next few days to upcoming weeks, kind of depending on when exactly it's going to air. Get everybody familiarized for those not familiar with the Gorilla Position Highly adv- advise that everybody check it out. Ryan's got a great site running over there. It's, and I know we were both busting when we got the news that he offered us a, a spot there. You know, it's just going to expand our listener, our reach. But just to be a part of a great group and a family over there. Uh, I've already been working with, with Ryan quite a bit on some things there, uh, with some featured articles there. And I know that you're going to fit right in with the, with the crew just busting about this news you may also notice a slight difference in our audio quality today rick is on location just outside of cincinnati i'm coming to you from the home studio watching monday night raw as i record of course 
So let's talk a little bit of Monday Night Raw. For the rest of the week, so uh, just some issues that, that we'll get through here. Hopefully, everyone will, will bear with us, because we, I think we've got some, some good content uh, to break down here on the Red Brand. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not exactly sure when the SmackDown episode will be out. Um, we've had an unfortunate passing in the family, so the record schedule is kind of up in the air right at the moment. Uh, but we will get you a SmackDown review as soon as we can as well. We've got a bunch of other stuff. If we packed it all into one episode, we probably got five hours of content right now. But we wanted to make sure that we got the Raw episode out in a fairly timely manner. Then on the back end, uh, I went to an NXT show last Friday uh, with my 11-year-old and 14-year-old daughter. Uh, I sat down with them. And uh, we kind of talked about the NXT show. That conversation's about an hour. We're going to throw that on the back half of this conversation and kind of go from there. I know the listeners are probably out there. They're going to be looking forward to having a break uh, from me, just telling them what they should and shouldn't like. But I'm actually looking forward to it to get that different perspective from you know the young fans, from the girls there, to, to see what they really took away. Well, and they have a very, very different perspective, and you'll notice that right off the top when we start talking about Roderick Strong, because these are two people who have no idea who Roderick Strong is and still have no idea who Roderick Strong is. Some, some stories about first impressions and about the environment and just an entirely new perspective from what we, that maybe we take for granted from talking to people that, that view wrestling much like we do on a daily basis. So let's talk Raw as the hype to Survivor Series continues. Uh, this was kind of a strange episode because this episode was packed. There was a ton of content inside of this episode. But when I was outlining it, I was like, man, there's really not a whole lot to talk about. Like you've got a couple, three big topics and then a whole lot of little stuff. I really liked it that we're talking about the show's format. Uh, as always, credit where credit is due. And over the last month or so, they, they have done a great job of getting away from that and allowing storylines to develop and evolve over the course of an entire show. You know, And last night we had, like you said, on, but it seemed like they all were featured in multiple segments. Nice to have something hold your interest throughout that entire show. Yeah, a lot of stories running throughout the show, which has been one of our biggest complaints about Raw in quite a while. Now they're actually writing a TV show as opposed to writing 16 individual segments because they were doing that for a while and that just was not working. Did out I lose it? When, oh, there you are. No, I, I, I right out of the gate when this thing gets going here package what did you think about this well that was one of my only complaints like don't get me wrong i love the catch-up the last week on raw i think that's important but going with it for four minutes seems to get a bit overdone it's like okay can can we just get on with the show now four minutes holy crap is, is it just kept playing out and i'm gonna say when we get into the show, I, I really enjoyed a lot of things that they had going on here with the direction of it and all that. But when it started out this way, it was not, it was not a good start for me. It was like four minutes seemed like forever. Hell, 30 seconds seems like forever sometimes. 
nightmare of a segment. So we start off with one of my pet peeves, and immediately I'm just, I feel deflated when I see the entire roster on the stage, because I ran about that all the time. I don't need to make that point again. So Kurt's in the ring. Kurt apologizes to the entire roster. Like, I feel like this should have happened in a backstage segment or a backstage environment. Like a more personal locker room rallying sort of deal instead of having it out there in front of everyone. Instead of parading everybody out on the stage. Of course, we would immediately find out why they paraded everybody out on the stage because you don't get the parting of the Red Sea Moses moment for Stephanie McMahon unless you have everybody on the stage. So now we have the return of Stephanie McMahon. What did you think of the return of Stephanie McMahon? Kind of thinking about what you said there just kind of popped in my head. What might have been a really cool visual and emotional moment is if you took that four-minute promo package to the under siege attack there, and maybe you go with that backstage moment that you were just describing, where you do have Angle talking to his team in the locker room. And I'm picturing maybe a couple guys down on their knees. You know, just like any good old locker room where you're rallying around your coach there. And then you have kind of visuals going to the attacks. Showing that super, so you could you could show like Apollo Cruz getting Titus getting attacked, and then show them listening to Kurt's apology here, and then you go out to your live audience, and obviously you don't have your parting of the Red Sea moment there, but then you just kick it off with Stephanie coming out there. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, I hate it when they dress everybody down on the stage. It feels so high school pep rally ish. You know, like the principal is going to scold the entire school. I just, I, I feel like it should feel more like a business. It's just one of those things like, you know, we always say they got, they got the direction. They're not just hitting. They're just not hitting the mark with it. It just comes off a little campy. So what did you think of Stephanie's promo? I actually thought Stephanie cut a pretty good promo. You know, she comes out. I think she was getting people kind of, you know, she came out kind of in that good mood. And I made a comment right when she walked out. I said, the queen of mean is back. How long is it going to take before she just goes complete bitch about here? Yep. You, you always get worried when you get baby face, Stephanie, for even 10 seconds. Because somebody's about to get it. And you knew an appearance here, reemerging on the scene. I mean, we, we knew it was only a matter of time before she resurfaced here. Came back in that fray, start playing herself back in, because WrestleMania season's just around the corner. Of course, you get you got to have Stephanie back on TV at least by the Royal Rumble. This makes the most sense. And, you know, now going forward, I'm not expecting her back full time for the time being. Probably not until after Survivor Series. Yeah, where she has to come out and address, you know, whichever way this goes down. I'm thinking that reintroduction here was more or less a creative tactic to light a fire under Angle's ass. And then with the potential threat of his job being on the line. You know, it ups the ante for that, that men's five-on-five five that we're going to see at Survivor Series. Now, now there's a little more at stake there. I thought this was a really, really good promo. And everything that she said made complete sense. I think there was a very important life lesson there that you have 20 years to build your reputation, and it can all be taken away in about 20 seconds. That applies in any walk of life. But did she go too far with it? Because at a certain point, I just wanted Kurt Angle to be like, Stephanie, listen, 
I'm an Olympic freaking gold medalist. I won that medal with a broken freaking neck. I'm here because I want to be here. Not because I need to be here. Because, I mean, she was dressing him down. At a certain point, I just wanted Kurt to be like, no, you know what? Fuck you. This is the main turnoff that fans have with her. You know, there is no comeuppance for her, and she belittles every talent that she crosses here. Now, it's, you know, that it doesn't have to get physical, or he doesn't, or Kurt doesn't really have to come back and just, like, verbally assault her, but he could come back with, like you're saying, like, whoa, whoa, whoa you listen here to heart what happened last week than I did. They I stabbed mean, me in just the think, would, would you let your boss talk to you like that? I mean, at a certain point, yeah, okay, Kurt deserved that. Okay. Okay. Okay, seriously. Now, Kurt, you got to start sticking up for yourself. I'd like to see more fire, him coming back saying, you know what? That hit me harder than anybody, Stephanie. You better, you better damn, it's damn true I'm going to take care of this in my way. Yeah, but not like a scared puppy dog. And that, then Kurt just kind of looked like the deer caught in headlights, and I don't think that's the right way to approach Stephanie McMahon. With, with the Kurt Angle character. He's an Olympic gold medalist, but he cowers at the sight of Stephanie McMahon. No. With, with Mick Foley. Yeah, it works with Foley. Santa Claus guy. Yep, it works with Foley. It doesn't work with Kurt. So then we get Kurt backstage. I like that we actually got Kurt in the actual backstage environment at the car area, seeing him say goodbye to Stephanie and... Welcome the A-lister, the Miz, to the show. What did you think of this exchange between Angle and Miz? I thought Miz knocked it out of the park. Listen, this entire setup was so well played. I mean, it gives the star of the show a grand entrance. And the timing set the table perfectly for Angle's frustrations with the Miz. This this first interaction with them on the show, you know, Another theme that, that I really enjoyed that was running throughout this thing kind of set up where Angle was actually calling out other talents who went missing in action during, during the attack last week. I like that he was calling people out for being missing in action last week. I thought that was something they absolutely had to address, and I thought that they did it in a very good manner. This was a great way to kick that off. You got, the per- you got your, like I said, the star of your show. He comes out, and he is looking cocky as hell. He's arriving in style. Now we start to see coming out like, all right, man, maybe I couldn't talk to her that way, but I'm still the boss of these guys. Well, and it sets up other things throughout the show, too, because this also sets up the story of The Miz wanting to leave early. This also sets the precedent of Kurt making The Miz put the title on the line and then leading to Alexa putting the title on the line later because of the same goddamn fucking reason. You know what? I'm going to punish Miz. I'm going to fucking punish you, too. You weren't here yeah, either. I, and I liked it. It has that, that underlining that we have brought up a couple times. They have been on the ball mentioning if they are still champion by the time Survivor Series rolls around. Did you think one of them was losing one of their titles last night? I firmly believe... Someone is going to lose one, but last night I didn't think was the time. I thought it was a great tease. It was a great tease. We'll get into Mrs. match and the other match there too, but 
I, I really I didn't believe it was going to happen in either of these cases, but it was a great setup and and maybe some foreshadowing for what we've got here in the next couple of weeks of build to this event. Well, let's talk about the women's division a little bit. We have Captain Alicia Fox. What what, what are you thinking of the captain gimmick? Here, you know, I am a huge fan. And I, I like the captain gimmick. I thought it was a nice touch. But for the love of God, they need to cut the camp, the campy acting job here. My biggest problem here was the fact that Bailey was scheduled to face Fox. Fox comes out and just announces, Nia Jax is replacing me in this match. Well, who in the fuck gave her that authority? Is that one of the things that comes with being captain? Now you can just decide when you want to wrestle I, and when you I don't. I guess now. You know, I've been screaming and beating my head against the wall and some probos there for, for what the hell does a captain even do here? But I guess she, she went ahead and made a captain's call because she, she did. She did explain it. I think that's another one of those things to put on the back burner that Stephanie could use against Kurt. You got superstars out here making their own matches. You're not even in control of your show. with the like the air the airplane pilot captain sort of thing and her little promo thing there but her outfit and all that i was getting a, a boat captain vibe oh yeah absolutely she's like off the love boat i think that's the look that vince well, was going that's for. that's what i actually thought they were going for especially with that big heart yep and that's what <laughs> i thought vince was going for she's the captain yeah. of the love boat i you know and i don't know and i'm pretty sure now that they are just telling her to go out there and just be this terrible? That character? You don't think Alicia Fox is really this bad? You think that she is putting on a performance that good to make herself look this bad? And I just don't, I think it's missing, it's just missing it with me. Oh, it's missing it with me too. I mean, at this point, Alicia Fox segments are humor segments, if I can stand to watch them at all, which normally my finger hits the fast forward button as soon as she starts talking i will say in this i am a little more interested in where this women's five on five is going to go she is actually selecting team members well yeah but how many fucking options are there especially with emma gone now so maybe if, if we get some kind of surprise here but you know it, to me from a, a story point view in kayfabe what why in the hell would she select bailey or banks right now right exactly so what you're gonna have dana brooke nia Jax, alicia fox um that jobber girl from last night and you should call somebody up yeah i guess you could call somebody up this would be a good chance to call up uh both billy Kay and peyton royce I was, I was hoping you were going to say it because it was just popped in my head. I mean, this would almost be a perfect fit for those two to make a debut on. The only problem is Peyton Royce is in the uh, Fatal 4-Way at TakeOver. I mean, you could have her lose and have them as surprise appearances at Survivor Series and so, have that know, be the if, debut. If, they're, if, if there are a couple people short going into Survivor Series, that could be what they're looking at. I think it's time to call them up. If you want a backstory to get something going with a women's rumble, 
maybe you do start introducing this from the NXT girls because you're going to need quite a few of them to pull off uh, re anything re remotely close to a, uh, an exciting rumble with, if, with those main roster girls. Yeah, I mean, we, we commented on how good that NXT Women's Battle Royal was last week, but there was no creative going into it, and most of the women you didn't care about. There was only about four of them that you really gave a shit about. If you're going to do a Royal Rumble and you're going to have 20 girls in it, 30 girls in it, whatever, you better make me care about each and every fucking one of them. Otherwise, it's going to miss the mark. Especially with the first one. You know, this isn't like a, a men's rumble in this day and age where we've seen it so many times. And we're, we just know at the point now that there really is only a handful of people that have a, a chance in there that you should even care about. First time out, man, you need to be on the edge of your seat that entire match. We're keeping an eye out for some great young talent. And, and just have a surprise, you know, have that sense of surprise if anything could happen in this thing. So Fox announces that Nia is going to replace her in this match. Nia comes out, basically squashes Bailey. I mean, that was as close to a squash match as you're really going to get. Match wasn't very good. I don't know if Nia's timing is just off or what happened on a couple of those sequences, but... Here's the thing. It absolutely nothing for me. And what you're kind of hitting at there, I mean, she remains green as hell. She is void of any personality. It was a real step backwards because before Naya took her leave of absence, I thought she was doing her best work in the company by far. And last night was definitely a step backwards. All those nagging injuries seem to be just cleared up here in two weeks, isn't it? Yeah. I know. And and yet we still haven't said nice anything door. about Roman Reigns. Like we don't Roman Reigns might be dead. Like they're just not talking about Roman. Like that last is, night they That is rare. They even wished Jeff Hardy well last night after his surgery. But no mention of Roman Reigns. I mean, just feel and Roman I, I, is radio silent on Twitter. He hasn't said anything on Twitter since any of this started. Strategy, sir. Well, I understand that, but how hard is it for Mitchell Cole to come out and say, big dog, we're wishing you the best. Get well soon. Completely out of sight, out of mind and hope that when he comes back to save team raw out of a, a bit of energy through the crowd. If you don't necessarily have to bring him up because the big knock is that he is constantly shoved down your throat, out of sight, out of mind, and hope for the best when he is the one that's in that position to, to save Team Raw and makes that, that big return. It's a good argument. It's a good argument. Also, last night we saw the return of Samoa Joe. A little transition action there. Talk about some surprise returns. As uh, unhappy as the Nia Jax thing made me, I was very happy to see Joe. Looks great. I thought that him and Nia were going to make out. Man, they had some kind of look going on with each other there, man. Man, Joe like just... A Samoa loves fest. Joe just has that fucking swagger to him. I love that he came out before the girls were even off the stage, and he didn't even fucking look at them. Shoulders this is, back, chin up, this, man. just, I'm fucking back, bitches, and I don't give a fuck if you're off my stage or not. 
were you surprised by the placement of this return on the show? A little bit. I was surprised that they did it right after the Nia return. I mean, Joe got a deafening pop. I mean, that was without question the pop of the night. Oh yeah. Oh oh my God, man. That's I actually had that here in my notes. It was deafening in there. What a, what a massive! I got here. What a massive pop! I mean, you got to say this was probably hands down the reaction of the night. I mean, that entire arena, everyone it seemed like was chanting Joe, Joe, Joe. You know, I almost wonder if the beginning of his promo was not necessarily scripted for him. If Joe kind of went into a little bit of business for himself just because of that pop. Because Joe's good enough that he knows, holy shit, I wasn't expecting that kind of a reaction. And that's when he says, you know, by the sound of things, you all missed me. I I thought he did an outstanding job there of getting that heat back on himself as someone that you shouldn't root for. He's so believable. Like Joe just seems legit to look at that guy. He's got the confidence. He's going to beat anybody. It's a storytelling device that they had there. You know, the, you didn't care about me while I was gone. So essentially here's a big F you right back. And he had that cockiness about you. You buy it from him that he doesn't give a shit about anybody. Did you feel like this was at all a missed opportunity? I mean, obviously, you you expected Joe was going to get a big reaction. I'm not sure anybody expected that. So they decided that they're going to keep Joe heel. But after that pop last night, my immediate thought was, oh, my God, it's Seth Rollins 2.0. Yeah, it's where they brought him out at, surprised. But I will give them credit here. You know, if they're not planning on a major angle for him right now for his re- his return to television, I think having him here after this women's segment, I mean, what a great swear. I mean, no one was expecting his music to hit there. And it's no. one of those that you, you immediately kind of perk up like, ooh, what we got here? Yeah, but you know what sucked about it? Oh, my God, there's Samoa Joe. That was awesome. And then what did they do? They went to fucking commercial. So now you got to wait three minutes to hear what in the fuck Joe's got to say. And we all know the reasoning behind that. You got to have that hook. Please sit with us through the break. Oh, I understand it, it, but it feels like such a fucking kick in the balls. And you can only kick somebody in the balls so many times before they're like, you know what? I'm not going to let you kick me in the balls anymore. It's his opponent. So let him cut his, you know, let him go through everything. We're back with his, his return match next. Don't tell us who he's taking until we get back. I mean, sure, it's going to be a little disappointment with Apollo Crews, but it did its point. You held on through the commercial. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I think you're right. They should have had him cut the promo, then went to commercial. Even had it been like, had Joe, Joe calls out, whoever, you want a piece? Come and get me. And they go to commercial. And Joe's been standing in the off. ring for five fucking minutes waiting for somebody to answer the challenge before finally Apollo Crews comes out with Titus kind of pushing him on the way to the ring and Apollo being like, man, are you fucking, he is going to kill me. No, I don't want to, no, I don't want to be that. That would have been great. But instead they say Apollo requested this match. Well, that's funny because none of us knew that Joe was going to be here. So why would Apollo request a match with Joe? a better job explaining that but i was taking it as apollo just requested a match for the evening he he went and said hey hey give me give me a chance to go out there and shine and i do like how they they tried to make a link there because so many times we see them just you know just throw some bullshit against the wall to 
you know, why we've got this here. But, you know, I'll give them bonus, you know, because last week when the mob took over the backstage area, who were the first two people? Yeah. Madison Apollo. After Apollo, yeah. Those were the first two. So you could see why, you know, he, he wants to go in there. He tells He, he wants tells to prove Angle, his worth. Hey, man, I want a shot, man. I want to get back at them. Let me show you that I'm a real deal, that I can do this. Now, it just so happens that it's about Joe and things didn't really go his way. I'm also not sure that I necessarily liked Joe jumping Titus after Titus was checking on Apollo. I, it just felt so obvious. It didn't, it didn't feel badass. It just felt obvious to me. So I assume next week we're going to get Titus O'Neil versus Samoa Joe. Or some kind of form of, and, you know, kind of going back to, you know, why they didn't really have like a, a real impactful return for him. Because I mean, this is probably just transitioning him into the five on five team, correct? So then he's just killing a couple of weeks here. I mean, why wouldn't you just go ahead next week? Or maybe you do have that match early in the show, but man, I'd like to see a really cool moment where they hint at that great history between Kurt and he even says, man, he's like killer like you. I need you on this team. Man, what I think I would have really liked is if when Stephanie was out there talking to Kurt, she would have said, you're going to be one of the captains for Team Monday Night Raw. And my appointed captain is right here. And then had Joe come out. Because we all know that Joe's a hired gun for the authority. And then you could have that dynamic between Joe and Angle. That's what I think I would have liked to have seen. It gives Joe a significant role for this thing. Yeah, because I don't think throwing him in a match with Apollo Crews did anything but let everybody know that Joe's back. Nick, you, you know, then you really could dive into, you got to really think about the history between these two, man. And you know, at one point, these two had a match for every title in TNA. Yeah. The, the Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle rivalry is well-known. They don't necessarily have to pay too much reference to it, but you but know, a good hit there. You know, Some I've known you for years. Yeah, they've been they've been to war against each other. They've been to war together. with each other. Yep. I think that's an interesting dynamic, and I think eventually it's just going to come down to Kurt going to Joe and being like, "Listen, I've known you for a long time. We haven't always gotten along, but I need you on Team Raw." And that's going to be the extent of it. Seems like it's going to be one of those things. I've been to tell us a great story, but they're probably going to go with you know, some lowest common denominator booking there just because. Well, because they're only going to half-ass tell the story. Like if they actually own that TNA library and they could show you the story with WWE video packages and the way that they edit video packages. I, you could make Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe into a two-hour fucking movie, and I would watch it. Especially you put in with their production crew to really bring that thing to life. Exactly. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd watch that for two fucking hours. 
can't go that route, though. But there are other things that they can do to really get people invested and maybe go out, hey, do a little research on your own. Speaking of reasons to own the TNA type, tape library, Matt Hardy turns out to be the unknown opponent of The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Did you like them keeping this a secret, or do you wish that Kurt would have just said, you know what, you're going to defend your Intercontinental title tonight against Matt Hardy? I'm kind of split on this one because I really like that. I do like surprises, but. I do like surprises, but Hardy is a selling name for you. He doesn't go out there and win every week. That's why they've been kind of putting him in these spots. You know, he's a name tune in for to see here. Oh, you know, Matt. And maybe you start, you give us a little thing there that says, hey, you know what? Instead of just a one-liner right before the match, Matt Hardy, he's never won the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, and they, they mentioned it in the commentary a couple of times, but, you know, who pays attention to the commentary? Right, earlier in the night, you know, let me know. Matt Hardy's going for his first Intercontinental Championship. You know, Miz has kind of just got his ass chewed by the boss. It, does he really have what it takes to go represent Raw in this, you know, this war of the brands and all that? Well, I and I, was- I feel like, you know, it's Matt Hardy being the surprise is fine. It just feels like this match would have been better with creative behind it. And actually, I wasn't even all that surprised. I made a comment after they said it, it was they weren't going to, you know, it was a surprise he was going to have to face. And I kind of like sarcastically said it. I said, oh, here we go. Miz versus Hardy. Well, I, process of elimination. So, yeah, as you start really thinking about who's going to get a pop and who's got some star power to go out there. Well, and especially when Balor and Cesaro was already announced, too. Announced. So if you're going to announce a big match like that, you, you kind of eliminate, eliminate it, what you've got going there. These guys, so much credit. To me, this was... And on a show that also had Baylor versus Cesaro, I mean, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, yeah. And I did like that Miz won because Miz won. Nothing dirty-handed, nothing super cheap. Miz just beat Matt Hardy. Here's what you got. The right guy went over, and it actually came in convincing fashion. And it gives Miz credibility which has always been one of the biggest complaints about The Miz. This match, you know, to all those out there who think that your chain wrestling and your spots are the end-all, be-all, it's about having character, telling a story within the match itself, and working an audience. And that is what we got here from two guys. Yeah, well, know what, what they're doing in there. There are some very, very talented people that are going to be considered for... WWE Wrestler of the Year. I advocate for everybody to seriously consider The Miz because he has had an incredible year. I mean, you, you take an entire package of what you need to, to make it as a WWE superstar. Now is the poster child. All of that, all the, quali- all the qualifications that you need. Last night, we also changed a little bit of direction on Asuka. I was going to say, just real quick, back on the Miz and Hardy. Did you, happen, did you see any of the uh, video at home 
they got that the viral they went viral there a little home video. Oh, the hard. He got to watching that match. Yeah, and then he was. Uh, he just got. I just caught a glimpse of it, and I laughed a little bit. Was you know said something along the lines of like, "Oh, Miz sucks." It was pretty entertaining. It was just a <laughs> true old moment, you know. It's just a kid that picked up probably the word somewhere and just said it. So it was a. It, Careful, King Maxwell is two and zero in his professional wrestling career, or no, three and zero now, I believe it is. Because he's pinned the Disco Inferno twice and Rockstar Spud, I believe it was. Watch out, two hundred five, man. As Spud comes in, he yeah. Do you? Oh, obviously, this isn't on the run sheet, and it doesn't really pertain to Monday Night Raw. But do you think WWE looks at Rockstar Spud and considers him for two hundred five? It, and I'm, I'm a fan of his. I oh. like the work that he's done over there. I can just imagine you know, all that. I can just imagine Rockstar Spud versus Enzo on the mic. I mean, my God. He's got that character for you. He is quite the character. So we change course on Asuka a little bit. It's great to look at him. <laughs> we, change Os- uh, we change trajectory on Asuka a little bit. After the two 50-50 matches with the now-released Emma... Asuka comes out and kicks the shit out of some local jobber. Do you think this is the right change of course? Did you like this with Asuka, or are you ready to just move her into a real program? I would say, you know, you introduced Asuka against uh, Emma. She, she showed force, some solid matches there. Now let's show that charisma and vicious in-ring prowess of hers. I mean, she looked good. She looked good against that enhancement talent to me. I mean, she was really she was really able to hammer home those strikes, and I thought the presentation was tremendous. I mean, some of those kicks, but they were vicious looking, and that's gonna to me that's gonna speak volumes to these ca- the casual audience that isn't familiar with her work that can really sit back and be like, oh man, that just that looks like it hurts. Yeah, I thought you got a lot more character development on this show. It was more about getting her charisma. And just that, like I said, you know, just that viciousness that she has in the ring. It was about getting that out there. And I thought they hammered it home with it. I thought it was, was a great match, a great segment to really near a big match. Now let us show you, slow it down for you and show you just how good she is. So what do you do with her now? Do you do this again next week? Kind of like they did with Strowman? I would go one more time with this. I'd probably have this go off um, somewhere in the first hour and a half. And then I'd have a little, I'd, I'd have that interaction we kind of talked about with, with her and Foxy. You know, maybe Foxy is a little hesitant to have her on the team. They don't get each other. But I think you just got to start building towards getting her as a rep- representative for You cut out there. I I assume you meant for Team oh. Raw. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You got to work on you know getting her. To me, I'd start with that. Some interaction there with her and Foxy, as we kind of talked about. To be some kind of humor in there, so maybe you play off that. That Foxy really doesn't get what's going on. Oscar doesn't understand what the hell's up with this crazy lady. I did like you that have, they were letting her yell in Japanese a lot last night. I mean, you know, that's that starts adding to the character there. 
and I think you, you have to have her representing the red brand at Survivor Series. And there's easy ways you can write her out of that match without pinfall or something along those lines. So we go backstage, and of course, everyone's on their cell phones. There's no, this could only mean one thing. Enter Daniel Bryan. On to that. Now that every time I see that there, you know, it's almost like one of those cringe moments where, okay, everyone's always on their cell phone, and there's just a random camera guy there watching them. I thought it was funny. There was uh, one of the segments backstage. I, maybe it was the Alexa Bliss segment ends with uh, Kurt on his phone, like texting, looking straight at his phone. And then the next time you see Kurt backstage, he's in that same exact position when Brian shows up. And it's like, oh, my God, Kurt has been standing like that for 20 minutes. You can't leave off your lighting X over there. Yeah, he's been out there for the, his, his entire matches and segments. And there's just been a camera randomly filming Kurt Angle while he's texting someone with the phone right in front of his face. You know, not like holding it down like a normal person does right in front of his face. So funny. I, I did love Kurt dropping his phone, getting on the walkie-talkie. They're here. They're here. It's happening. Oh, yeah, Code red. Code red. <laughs> that, that, that was a pop moment for me. I thought that was pretty funny. And then the camera pans out, and it's just little old Brian. <laughs> it's like, Kurt, you're in the ring. You, you are an Olympic gold medalist. And you're losing your shit because here's poor little fragile Daniel Bryan, who the company won't let wrestle anymore. <laughs> Can't even talk about it with a straight face. It was just humorous to me. Things If you take from, from Kurt screaming for the coat red into his walkie talkies to, I mean, to almost even the bad dialogue between the two of those as they were having their conversation. I mean, it was, it was just some cheesy Vervich, uh, and then like the pauses were off, and then with the, all the lights going out, it was almost like a like an eighties horror flick or like a. a it bad felt horror very. Flick. It felt very like uh, Army of Darkness, kind of style horror movie to me, where it was just I like why you're laughing big... at it because it's so bad, but it almost feels like it was intended to be that way. That's what I was getting from it, and I, I'm glad you made. A correlation to Army of Darkness, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. You know, I'm sitting there watching it. The message and all that was working for me, but I knew it was so bad. But I'm sitting there like, strangely enough, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, it, well, and, and, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about Matt Hardy. That's kind of what the whole final deletion thing was, you know, where it was so bad that it was great. It was so bad, and it's almost genius. It's wonderful. Man, I, I'm curious to see the direction that they're, that they're going here with this storyline. And I really like that, that they gave me a moment here on Raw. Down live. Yeah, and it, I thought it was, and again, like, really, Daniel Bryan's the heel here? Like, he's talking about how he's even going out on a limb here. Really, Brian, how are you going out on a limb? It's well documented that Shane doesn't watch Raw. We all know that. They weren't kind of giving him that like Benedict Arnold vibe, weren't they? Yeah, just a little bit. To be here, but you know, just 
but I, I, I did because I knew that you were going to notice it. And I popped so hard when we kept going to this scene of Daniel Bryan on the cell phone. Here's Daniel Bryan on the cell phone. Oh, the lights went out. Hey, let me call you back. And then we go back and here's Daniel Bryan on his cell phone. Hey, let me call you back. And I was just like, oh my God, how many times can we show Brian on his cell phone in the course of a week? Eric, a couple of things that I liked that I that I got from this thing. All right, you Brian. You've been a professional wrestling your entire professional life. You've been a part of WWE. Oh man, when those lights go out in a room like that, you better you better have your senses about you because something's about to go down, man. Hang up with Bree. Going on, I'd say I assume she that he was talking to would kind of well. Number one, you don't call Bree because you know that you're going to be interrupted if you're on your cell phone. It's like the new, like, you know, don't have sex while you're at camp because you know, some fucking psycho will come out and slice you open. If you're Daniel Bryan, every time you use your cell phone, just expect something terrible to happen to you. Using like a flashlight app. <laughs> was on an iphone <laughs> good god how bad's about to go down dude i'm trying to get as much light in that room and I, yeah i love to like kurt turn off the lights and lock the door yeah like how gullible is brian and you know under his breath he's just like september september that pull-up club shirt's gonna feel great september september it was good and then big old kane comes in and yes big bad kane no, no reunion of Team Hell, no. Like, that that was the other thing that stood out to me. It was like, really, of all the people, Kane's going to go after Brian? I thought these two were buddies. Yeah, I kind of like that the lights are out there because, you know, everyone's just kind of, you know, thinking that that was a way for them to give the appearance of Brian taking that bump when he really doesn't have to do anything. But maybe that actually fit into the storyline there. He didn't go after him there. I'm still going to stand by that Kane is a mole for SmackDown Live. And that all comes down to you, man. You're the one that reminded me of that. Him reemerge here for TLC. He was a member of the Blue Brand. How pissed off do you think Daniel Bryan was that they told him he was going to take a fake bump? All that much better. I think he just kind of goes through cruise control now with anything they've got going on. Like yep. you said, he's Whatever. just thinking of... He's thinking about September and getting the hell out of there. So let's stick with the Kane theme a little bit and uh, switch gears to Balor and Cesaro. I thought that was a pretty solid match. I enjoyed the match. Of course, afterwards, Kane comes out and tombstones Balor on the stage. So it looks like this is leading to Demon versus Demon. You agree with that? And... and perplexing for me you know that the directions they were moving in because all you know the way they kind of had it written there it's that she thought the reason that they were going to bring Kane back and build him up as that monster again was going to be feeder for Braun yeah I I completely agree man I'm baffled that somehow we're ending up with a Strowman versus Miz feud and Kane versus Balor like, that just seems backwards. Like, shouldn't it be Balor versus Miz and Kane versus Strowman? I mean, here as well. I mean, we don't know how long Kane is going to be back for, for this run here. 
that they're possibly they're starting to begin that build, maybe start making it more believable that that Baylor could can hang with these big monsters. Be an end game there is maybe a, a meeting with Brock Lesnar, but where would that even fall in? Fall into line with all these big plans of and Brock being that big ultimate payoff in Vince's mind at, at WrestleMania. I mean, would you build up December you build up, build up maybe? Balor? December maybe. And well, I mean, Balor is still owed a rematch. He's never gotten his rematch for the Universal Title. On their schedule, they have uh, Raw does not have a a pay per view announced. Oh, that's right. For it was SmackDown. December. Yeah, they've got one there. So we, I guess we could just assume. I'll pull it up here and see if they made any announcements yet. We'll just assume there's going to be an early Raw pay per view. There'll be a Raw pay per view in early January. Something like a fast uh, roadblock or some throwaway pay per view. Because you still because ha- you have the Rumble, you don't have that till the end of the month. Right. But but you know that I mean that would be kind of a big draw. You think you would if you're going in that direction, maybe Lesnar versus Balor at, at the Rumble, but. But you're not going to have Lesnar go down. So what does that really do? Well, and I think they up? probably want Balor in the Rumble. I mean, I would assume Balor would be one. I of would. The, ag- I would agree with you there. I assume What's he would mean? be one of the final five in the Rumble. This is good for this. Is this is one of you know those situations where it almost seemed obvious the direction they were heading in, but shut up on us. So it is interesting to see, okay, what do these guys have in mind here? Where's this going? A creative standpoint. Yeah, I'm very curious what the the end game is here. Uh, like we were talking earlier, uh, I could see them maybe changing the title off of Miz and giving it to Strowman. So you end up with Strowman versus Corbin at Survivor Series, Monster versus Monster. And that I, I mentioned it to you. I had it in my, in my notes for when we get down later. But yeah, I, I mean, what are the chances? You know, because we're both pretty confident that something's going to get a shakeup when it comes to these championships. They put that belt on Braun and have him go reignite that that war from the Rumble. Yeah, with Corbin. I mean, I guess that's a possibility. I mean, Braun would obviously be the babyface, and Corbin obviously the heel. So I mean, yeah, I, it could work. It's just it seems odd to me. And then you also have the problem of how in the fuck do you ever get that title off of Braun Strowman? I got it. On a Raw 25-year anniversary, you have Scott Hall show up with a cattle frog. Oh, my God. You know, that's actually not the worst idea that I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, but while Braun is being distracted by Judy Bagwell, then okay. Scott Hall comes in. And now it him. might be the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah, but you are right. I mean, once you once you put this thing on this bad boy, you better have a plan to get him off, you know, because it, it, it's Braun fucking Strowman. The man lives in a garbage truck. You want to talk about having a with with two badass freaking champs on it? Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Championship poster boy. Good God! You you bring back the Brothers of Destruction and put the tag titles on them? Why not? Why not? Fuck yeah. Do it at the Raw 25 show. That, that would be two badass champions there. They have Lesnar and it's Strowman walking around with you. you, know, you well, you know how you do that is you just ha- suddenly have the Shield start defending the tag titles under Freebird rules. 
and uh, both Kane and Undertaker come after Roman. So yeah, yeah, you could absolutely do that at a Raw 25th anniversary. Alexa versus Mickey. And this is, uh, I, here's what I really took from this. Then, right? What's that? Took from it is Mickey is done. Two clean losses and this is like a knockout blow. Yeah. I, yeah. This, this feud should have been over with a couple of weeks ago. I mean, Alexa pinned her clean. There's no reason that this feud is continuing. And now Alexis pinned her clean again. Started. Just not got her for the one, two, three. Knock the fuck out. Yeah, she was done. I thought that I thought maybe they were given the go home or something because the ending, the finish of this match just seemed rushed and out of nowhere and kind of weird. But as we would come to find out, the finish of this match had nothing to do with this match. Hey, going back earlier when they were setting up this match. Kind of a shot at saying, "Hey, you know, I, I'm all for some competition, getting some some people up here. Maybe you should fire Mickey James." Did you kind of take that anywhere that that was a rib on kind of this uh, Leo Rush? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Going on on Twitter, absolutely. Uh, immediately, that's what it screamed to me. I was like, "Oh yeah, someone's getting in a getting in an insider joke." Off. I saw that there's actually a petition going around to have Leo Rush fired. And to me, I, I can't believe that. I, I made a comment over in uh, the Russian, the WrestleZone discussion group, you know, it was a terrible joke. Come on, man. Everyone's just getting butthurt over this PC stuff. Oh, yeah, I agree. But, you know, there's, there's agreeing and then also understanding. You know, it's just like, kid, you should know better than this. You should know better than this. But, you I mean, know... He's barely- He's barely been there for a sip of coffee. Yeah, exactly. Feathers here. Exactly. I mean, you know, if, if somebody like Miz says that, everybody laughs at it because, ha ha ha, that was funny. Okay. You I'm know, really, but when you speak to with your point there, yeah, given your clout in the company, uh, you've had like what a match on NXT TV. Yeah, you're real valuable to the company, kid. You can't run your mouth like that. Somebody who came in with a ton of heat from the internet wrestling community. Yeah. From the live audience. But man, he was getting freaking abused from day one. And now he's one of the biggest keeper, stars in the company. Warriors. Yep. Now people are talking about it. I Believe me, I would hardly ever talk about Leo Rush. Even when he was a topic here on the show, I, I had very little to say about him. At all. You know, going back to Ring of Honor, he's done nothing to interest me. You know, he's some of the top news. He's out in the forefront. Well, I think the biggest thing Leo Rush has ever done is go through a table and they'll sell it. I mean, everything about Leo Rush is just controversial. Hey, he just sold that. Well, I mean, he took a devastating shot on that ladder and was just like, yep. forgot him or some shit. So I think it's safe to say Alexa Bliss is going to be holding her title until Survivor Series. I expect that we're going to have Natty defend at some point, probably against Charlotte. I mean, there's there's potential that they change the title there, but I don't 
even think that's going to happen. So I think that we're actually going to end up with Alexa versus Natty at Survivor Series. Episode. One, two. We have three more episodes for series. Huh. Well, and I mean, they also have that uh, rematch at Starcade too. That's you know, already to in me, the books. How they're pumping that to try to want to, you know, revive. I think they're just going to hold off for something special to happen there. And I think that's when you see that title change. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's kind of what we've said since the beginning. So I guess all that's left on Raw is the big closing angle. Um, I thought there were three parts to this thing. I thought that Miz running like a chicken shit, trying to get the fuck out of the building before Braun Strowman shows up was great. And then I liked, you know, even I like when the he Braun beat out what was going on. I mean, I love when he got the trash and everyone's kind of like, and here's no way that he's here. You're overthinking this. And, and Miz just knew. I thought he was selling that. I thought it was just incredible. Think of how many segments Miz was on last night. Episode. He moved this entire thing along. Yep. He Just like that TLC match, Miz was the focal point. You know, he's been carrying this brand, I'm going to say here. Since the shakeup, since he got over there. Yeah. You know, and most definitely here in this last six weeks, man, he has been running focal point throughout Monday night broadcast. Shows, I'm going to have to say, you know, they, they have been much more entertaining with him at the helm. Well, and SmackDown was the more entertaining show while he was over there. And he got over talking smack. I mean, The Miz is just functioning on a completely different level right now. Guy is on fire. Yeah, it doesn't make all that much sense to me. I'm hoping that Braun still has that little, that list, that hit list. He still remembers that it was also Kane and the bar that were involved there. But I kind of like the interaction that that Miz had with with Kane and the bar where they kind of just blew him off like, we're, we're gonna, it's probably best if we distance ourselves from you. Yeah, I thought it was smart. I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand why Braun Strowman is coming after Miz before he goes after Kane. Like, to me, Kane is the one that turned on Braun Strowman. Yeah, sure, Miz went along with it. Sure, the bar went along with it. But Kane's the one that I thought for sure Braun would be going after. We all thought that this whole thing, even when Kane beat Balor last week, we're building up Kane to feed him to Strowman. That's not the direction we're going at all. I'm going to throw out uh, mindsets where maybe his logic is coming from here. Uh, one, he's going after Miz because what do you what do you do? Head. Yeah, cut the snake off at the head. I understand. He could be working all of those individuals that turned on him, that betrayed him in that match, picking off the low-hanging fruit so that they are out of the way that when he does get the cane, Otto Imano, he's already taken everyone else out. See, but I would think that you would want to do that before you do Kane Balor. 
there, but I, I, I really got a reason. Why is Kane targeting Balor? Or, I'm guessing. You know, he, I'm guessing it's going to come out that Kane is targeting Finn for the same reason that he targeted Strowman. He took Strowman out because he's, he's the, the only, only monster, monster, and he's taken Finn now. out because he's the only demon. He's the only demon. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me on any logical plane of existence. Now, one thing's for sure. They're doing something. They got some big plan here. Whichever direction they're going with Kane, because, damn, they are putting him over strong. Yeah, they're doing something here. I'm just... We thought it was one thing, and they've completely changed course, and looks like we're going a different direction. It's interesting, credit, if nothing credit else. Where credits, credit where credit's due. At least it's interesting to kind of watch where this thing's going to develop. Anything else that you wanted to comment on from Monday Night Raw? You know, we were talking about those early segments. What about the whole, like, the in-the-car scene, the emergence from the dump truck, and then... Braun just pretty much annihilating them in the arena. What, what did you kind of take from all that? Well, I enjoyed the Braun beatdown. I mean, my, my entire problem with the angle, and I understand why people enjoyed it. I, this is just my personal feelings. I was with it until Miz got in the limo. As soon as they cut to the camera inside the limo to get Miz's facial reactions, they lost me. And maybe that's just me because... I rant and rave about the cell phone thing. Why are we filming Roman just sitting here? It was just like, why would there be a camera in the car? And it would have been so easy to fix this. All Miz had to do was simply say, hey, you with the camera, you're coming with me. I want this documented until I get out of this place. And that, and that works just a little piece of logic there. Why isn't it? I need this documented. I, I need I need proof for a court of law. I need protection. Yep. You're coming in here with me. And Miz is the kind of character that would do that. Or tell Bo or Axel, grab that camera. Grab that camera. I want this documented. Like kind of what you're saying there. I mean, he is kind of, he's that, that shady individual. I'm surprised, you know, he's got the Miz He's got his posse. I'm surprised he doesn't have like an Artie from Entourage that, you know, that's like his scumbag agent lawyer. Right. He should. Stuff like that. He should have a videographer. He should have somebody following him with a camera 24 hours a day, seven days a week because he's the Miz and he's the A-lister. And then suddenly, anytime you want to cut to a camera shot of the Miz, you have a reason for it. Heaven fucking forbid. The only reason I, I kind of pop for I, I really got to kick... Because when we go back to where the production was just so cheesy on it, how they're just all screaming, sitting there like that. Open the door! Open the door! Open the door! It, it kind of gave me, it took me back, like, that feeling inside. It gave me when uh, Undertaker was driving was driving the car, and he just turns around to, where to, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember that was, like, one of the like the best pop moments from, from that era. Well, and... Don't get me wrong. I understand why people popped when Braun Strowman rises up as the fucking monster among men, right? But it was so cheesy, so campy. Yeah, that just that whole sequence from inside the limo until the point where you see 
where it goes back live because I assume that was all pre-tape. So when it comes back live and Braun's dragging Miz and Miz Taraj out and th- throwing them down the ramp like they're fucking bowling balls. Got, that's where it pulled me back in. I yeah, it pulled me back in, in the there. Ramp, I enjoyed that. I just didn't enjoy that middle section. And I understand why people liked it. But for me, really it was the one. same reason that people like the Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. There was for me was when, when Axel... I mean, it was just like he was on a slip and slide right down that thing. Oh, my God. The Axel bump was fantastic. The Miz bump. Miz was a little bit of overacting there. Yeah, Miz was was like HBK selling it, you know? But, yeah, I I absolutely popped for the Axel bump. It was like Braun was using the Miz Taraj's bowling balls. It was fucking hilarious. But But I'm not sure hilarious is what they were going for. That's the problem. kind of go back is do you think do you think they're going to do it do you think maybe next week that that braun gets that match with Miz and, and he takes that damn thing god i want to say no because i want that moment between braun and corbin to be inside of the rumble i don't want to do it at survivor series but it wouldn't surprise me i think i'm kind of split on it just keep, you know, continue to just keep watch develop and, and see where they're going with this damn thing here. Anything else from Monday Night Raw? Oh, um, you know, overall, there was, you know, a few things that production and, and maybe that they weren't exactly we're going in that right direction, not exactly hitting the mark. But overall, enjoyed. There was a lot more here to enjoy than not. Yeah, way more good than bad on this show. Absolutely. One good thing in wrestling is when you really can't figure out where they're going. And there is a lot right now that could be moving in different directions. So it's just interesting to to see their vision come to life. And then just going back to our first point here in our conversation, I really just enjoyed this, this show format. They're actually looking like a real television program. And giving us things that are running throughout the, the course of the night that keep you keep you interested and invested in what's going on there. Yep, completely agreed. Thought this was a good show. Thought this was a good show. All right, well, let's take like a two-minute break. I'm going to pump a cigarette quick. Um, on the backhand of this, we're going to put up my conversation with my two daughters reviewing the NXT show from Des Moines. And then after that, we're going to come back and talk just a little bit of Under Siege and uh, close this thing out. That's good. Looking forward to, to hearing what the girls got. Like it's going to be an interesting take, and I encourage everyone to stick through that. Yeah. Like different perspective. There's, there's some pretty humorous conversation inside. So, yeah, check that out. We'll be right back.
So we're back for segment two, segment three, segment wherever in the fuck I feel like putting this in the show. <laughs> Rick is not going to be joining us for this segment because I only have so many sets of headphones. But what I wanted to do is sit down with my two daughters that went to the NXT show with me the other night and give you their in-person live review as we run down the card. So first, I'm going to introduce you to the world's coolest 14-year-old and the world's coolest 11-year-old. Well, almost 11. By the time people hear this, you might be 11. Because <laughs> I don't know how soon I'm going to put this out. Suck it. So Super Puka Muffin, introduce yourself. Let Hi. the world know who you are. I'm Sydney, your child. <laughs> and Sydney is 14. Yeah, the one and only. Um, I can hear the heater. I can too. It's actually kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, but I can hear the heater. That's oh, not good. People don't want people don't want to listen to our freaking heater going. <laughs> you can hear the actual heater. Okay. So, two questions. Number one, how would you describe your level of wrestling fandom? <laughs> and number two, where would you rate your NXT fandom compared to your regular wrestling fandom? Um. Okay. Uh. My wrestling knowledge, is that where I'm thinking? Yeah. Well, let's see here. I don't have it all mapped out on an exact schedule, so I'd have to say about maybe a 7 out of 10. Okay. Where yours would be about like an 11 out of 10. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> um, Make me sound like I'm smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, My NXT... You don't get to watch a I lot of NXT. It. I don't watch it unless it's like if I'm here and there's a takeover and I can see it. That's about all. Otherwise, like I know stuff. So you basically so, see the takeover events, but you don't get a chance to watch it week to week. Yeah, unless I'm here and I can just catch up on stuff. Um, so maybe about like a four or five, four point five. You know who the people are. Yeah, that's pretty I know much who your they are, and I can. Point. Yeah, pretty much. I don't, I can't recognize them name to name, face to face, but if I'm like, oh, that's sanity, I can't tell you every single human being in it, though. <laughs> Next up, the world's coolest 11-year-old, well, 10 and 9 tenths-year-old. <laughs> Justice, step up to the microphone and introduce yourself to the world. My name is Justice. Um... And she's almost 11. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How would you describe your wrestling fandom? Uh, I mean, obviously, you're forced to watch the product week to week. <laughs> Not forced to, but, well, maybe. But, uh, I am, I'd say I'm probably maybe about a six. So you would consider yourself a casual fan? Because I don't, I don't, I don't really I mean, I watch it, but I just don't fully get into it like both of you do. <laughs> it's weird, and they... <laughs> it's <don't> weird. <laughs> okay. I didn't know I should. What about NXT? How often do you watch NXT? I watch it more than Sydney, but mm. I'm just like a tiny bit above her on NXT. I watch it like whenever there's important things that we need to know, and I watch it then. Otherwise, I don't know. Because I try to keep you updated for what's going on for the takeovers. Yeah, but otherwise I don't really watch it besides that. Okay. One other question to both of you. Who's your favorite wrestler? Uh, (laughs) 
Sydney, we'll go to you first. Who's your favorite <laughs> <course>. wrestler? Of course. Out of like thousands. Out of all of them. Of all of them. Out of all of them. Every single human being. Um. <laughs> well, every single wrestler. Yeah. Um. Can I do like my favorite wrestler and then like my favorite tag team? Sure. Sweet. Um, oh, no. You're just trying to figure out a way to get Seth and <laughs> Yeah. Finn. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> uh, I like the New Day. That's for sure. Of course. You know, you I'm are. the unicorn. I gotta gotta help out. This is um, the child that got bootios for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then I gotta say, Seth. Gotta say, Seth Rollins. You gotta gotta pick the Colby Lopez. The hometown boy. <laughs> No, it's your uh, turn. <laughs> Justice, who's your favorite wrestler? Um, I would have to pick out of the women's division and the men's division. Ugh. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, I don't I, talk into your Dr. Pepper can. I know. <laughs> it makes you sound hollow. Hollow. Uh, could I pick two women? Yeah, pick two. Okay, so. There would be Oscar in there, and also Bailey. But Oscar then, and Bailey, okay. And then for the men's division, I would have to say Finn. Finn, mm. who's your who's your favorite female wrestler? My favorite female. <sighs> Don't take Char Char, Rick's favorite. I'm not. I'm not saying any Char Char. You're not <laughs> stepping on Rick's toes. I'm Nobody's not gonna, taking the precious Char Char. Not gonna. <laughs> Not going to steal the Shar Shar. Um, <laughs> currently, it would have to be Naomi. Rest in peace, my selfie. Um, Do you want to tell the selfie story? Uh, <laughs> I guess I will. <laughs> um, we went and saw SmackDown. It was supposed to be Raw originally, but you know. This was in Moline. Moline, yes. Um, and they switched the tours, so we didn't see Raw, but we saw SmackDown, which was completely fine since they had the Superstar shakeup. In the meantime, it was still pretty sweet. So, Daddy was awesome and got you front row tickets for Yay. your birthday, <laughs> along with a box of bootios. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and so they have the women come out, and so they bring Naomi out, which is who I really wanted to see because I love her entrance like a ton. So I was like, sweet, I get to see Naomi. This is awesome. And so she comes around giving high fives. And I was like, dude, I could get a selfie with her. This would be amazing. So I get my camera out and I pull it out. And she like comes around and she even like gets up by me and like poses and stuff. And so I look over to take the picture and I realized that my camera was facing away and not towards me. And then she leaves and I was like, I just missed out on a selfie with Naomi. That's great. And then I look over at dad and he looks at me and he goes, I can't believe you just missed that. And I go, me neither. Then for like the rest of the show, I was like, oh, awesome. Just just out of curiosity, what did you wear to that show? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I wore a unicorn onesie. <laughs> a unicorn onesie. My lovely unicorn onesie. <laughs> That's right, this dad, don't judge. <laughs> nope. I originally, I brought it and I didn't plan on wearing it. And then dad figured you need to be the fill-in because the New Day only had, 
uh, two of the three members. Oh, yeah, that's right, because this is when Woods was hurt. Mm -hmm. So I was the fill-in for Xavier Woods. That's right. (laughs) Unfortunately, she's a clarinet player instead of a trombone player. (laughs) They did thoroughly enjoy her outfit, though. Yes, I I was very proud of that. I wanted, although I wanted to get to dance with the New Day, that didn't happen, but... No, that, that twerking with a new day is a right reserve <laughs> for Triple H. <laughs> so this was Sydney's third wrestling show of the year. Yeah. Correct? Yes. Justice, this was your second wrestling show of the year. Yes. Because we saw SmackDown earlier in February, February. this year. Yeah. But this was both of your first NXT shows. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just when you walked into the building, <laughs> did you get the sense that it felt different? Uh, going to an NXT event versus going to a WWE event? Yes and no, because I know we got there a lot. We Not, got there way early. Yeah, we got there way early, but we also got there a little later than when the doors opened. Because I remember when we went to the SmackDown show, there was, um, in Moline, this one, we went and they we were there like while the doors were opening, where... This one, we got there and like everyone was already in, but I could already feel like there was a lot less people than the SmackDown and or even a Raw show, even though I haven't been to one of those. About 10 times more people. Uh-huh. Yeah, I could tell there was, I could, fe- I could feel like, because there wasn't people like waiting to get in where waiting to like a while to get in, I could tell there was a difference. Were you shocked by the size of the crowd? Either of you? Uh... I were you expecting more people, less people? I was maybe expecting just a tiny bit more people than there was, but it still was a pretty small, uh, not small, but it 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 was smaller than I expected. It we figure be. there was probably about what four hundred and fifty people. Yeah, mm, yeah, maybe and, like and, only... and capacity was probably about five hundred people. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a good amount. It wasn't like it was super tiny. But it, it was, was like only half of the space was yeah, being used. There was a I mean. big amount of space that was just for walking, which I thought was a little odd. But Yeah, I thought that, I thought that uh, it was going to be a little bit bigger in person because for the last couple of rest, for the other wrestling show that I went, we were up high, so the ring was smaller, so I thought that it was going to be a tiny bit bigger than I expected. Were you surprised by how small the ring really is? Yeah, kind of. Because we were sitting right by Mm -hmm. the entrance ramp. We could see them right when they came through the curtain and down the ramp. Yeah. And then we were second row, so we could see the ring pretty well. Oh, yeah. It was was really good. One thing I did notice was that um, when they would come out, it was uh, not quieter but it wasn't as it was a small entrance yeah it was small it wasn't super huge and crazy like um like i noticed when uh i don't even know who the announcer's name was i didn't catch her name uh charlie caruso yeah uh yeah she i noticed when she would try to get us to like interact it wasn't super loud right like i don't know if it's because of the kind of the building i don't know if it's because like the top like the roof wasn't super high or i didn't well and like we said there was a lot of yeah. dead space yeah inside a lot of this open arena. space yeah so it wasn't super filled and so i, I don't know if it's because like when she would talk and then we would try and talk with i don't know for sure but i felt like it was like we weren't engaged almost into 
what she was saying almost as much. We didn't care what she was saying. We just yeah. wanted to see the talent. Yeah, for yeah. real. Like she was like, <laughs> she was talking way too much. Mm-hmm. One thing I found amusing was when she would talk. And before, like, right before the show started, she was like, on the count of three, I want to hear the NXT chant. And we were all like, NXT. Like, we were like, get the talent out here. We don't care about this. Yeah, give us something to cheer first. Yeah. Give us something to cheer. Yeah. Well, let's talk merchandise. When we got up to the merch stand, number one, it was a very small merch stand. Yes. Very small. Uh, I thought it was interesting they're still selling Balor stuff. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I noticed that. I was like... Uh, uh, Sydney and I both sporting the Johnny wrestling shirt uh, now justice wearing her Ember moon shirt. I was kind of excited because I saw Johnny Gargano merch and I was like, sweet. sweet. There's going to be Johnny on tonight. We I get to get the Johnny wrestling chant Yeah, but, and yeah. no Johnny Gargano on this show. That's kind of depressing. Yeah. yeah. For most of the merch, I thought that, uh, with all the merch that was being sold, uh, that, that's what the people would be like. That's if you had never been to a show and you had no idea who was going to be on this show and you were just going off the merch stand, you would have thought that the biggest stars on the show were Johnny Gargano, the authors of pain, mm-hmm. Alistair black and Finn Balor. Yeah. Like you wouldn't have even like, although <clears throat> one thing, ah. no Gargano, no authors of pain, mm-hmm. no Finn Balor. <laughs> yeah. One thing I did, notice is that at least it was Finn's like updated merch. It was the Balor, it was the Club, Balor shirt. Club, which I yeah. under, I like that it was the Balor Club. It wasn't like an old Finn shirt where you're like, is this like, it, like an NXT shirt almost like I was happy. It was like his newer Balor Club ones. It wasn't older. Let's talk about the merch that we wore to the show. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I wore my Adam Cole obey shirt along with my Finn Balor hoodie. <laughs> I uh, Justice, who did you wear? I wore uh, my AJ shirt along with my Demon Finn Balor sweatshirt. And I wore my Black and Brave shirt and a Finn hoodie, which I thought was funny because I got in the car and we were all wearing Finn sweatshirts. <laughs> so that was For amazing. those who don't know, uh, why don't you tell the people what Black, Black and Brave, Brave is? Um, Black and Brave is a wrestling school by the one and only Seth Rollins in Davin- Moline. It's Moline. I believe it's in Moline. It's in Moline, I believe. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, he has his own little wrestling school, which I always thought was really neat. And then what I was thought was really neat is there were two other people wearing black and brave stuff. And I was like, sweet. Like, yeah. So if you want to get down with uh, Seth Rollins and CrossFit Jesus, <laughs> look up black and brave on Facebook. Also uh, Google them on the web. They've got their own website. I believe it's only a three-month training program, so yeah. if we have any aspiring wrestlers listening to this show, Moline, Illinois, although I wouldn't recommend coming in the winter. <laughs> no. Although I, I do believe you have to be 18 to... That's pretty standard. Yeah. Unless you're freaking Canadian. <laughs> so let's talk about the show itself. Yeah. The show itself opens. First guy out, Roderick Strong. Did you two know who Roderick Strong was going into this show? I recognized him a little bit from NXT, but I didn't quite fully know him. Okay. Sid, did you have any idea who Roderick Strong was? I felt like 
I like saying the name now. I cannot recognize him off the top of my head. Like I knew the name, but I didn't. I wasn't like, oh, sweet. It's like I knew the name, but like thinking of him now, I can't picture who he is. Like I knew him, but I didn't. I haven't seen him. Often. Roddy takes on Fabian Archer. Solid match. Who I did not know. You did not know Fabian Archer. Mm-mm. I'm not surprised. I, I'm sure there's people listening to the show who don't know who Fabian Archer is. He's only been on NXT TV a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And he's basically enhancement talent at this point. Yeah. He's he's the one where if you're at a... That and one thing, I wasn't expecting it to be a huge crowd because it was a house show. So that's another thing. But like he's, I think he's the kind of guy where it's like, oh, we have a house show. We need someone to fill in here. Put him in there. He uh, he played the the role of the opening match shit talking heel. Mm-hmm. He came out and he was just trying to rip on everybody, yeah, and yeah. nobody cared because we all knew that Roddy was going to win this match. Mm-hmm. Crowd was really behind Roddy, even a little. Let's go, Roddy chant. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I I will be proud. I did join that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of Roddy now? Mm. Do you like Roddy? Are 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 you? invested in seeing another Roderick Strong match? Or are you just like, yeah, yeah, that's Roddy? Because, mm. I mean, I, this is a guy who's been contending for the NXT championship. Yeah. I, like, I do you that. see him at that level? Do you see him at the mm-hmm. same level as an Adam Cole, a Drew McIntyre? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you no. think he's more, if this was the main roster, he's an intercontinental guy. If, when if, the rest of them are going for the heavyweight title. If I were Yeah. Yeah. If I were to pin him as like the kind of person on the main roster, I would say he's definitely almost like <laughs> almost like he belongs in the area of cruiserweights where no one really like pays it. You would not, send him to two oh five live. I would. I would send him to two oh five live. Yeah. Like the rest of the whole entire roster, two oh five live. Well, Johnny Gargano wasn't on this show, so let's talk about Gargano a little bit. I wanted to see him. Would you put Gargano on 205 Live, or would you send him to Raw or SmackDown? I would send him to SmackDown. Roderick Strong is bigger than Johnny Gargano. Oh. Yeah. But Significantly. Feel, like 20 pounds, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like... um, I feel almost like Johnny's more of a... Fan, not fan base, but like he's more the people. The people relate with Johnny more than they do with Roddy. The people know Johnny more than Roddy, so they would. So, hopefully, Vince would realize, oh, okay, let's take him since he's known and send him over to Raw or SmackDown, where, like, if, um, like send him to SmackDown where he's he could have like a good talent base almost. Um, and then have Roddy be like, yo, where am I going? And be like, eh, you can go ahead and go over to 205 Live and fight Enzo. You might win something over there. Roddy goes over, wins the match. Solid match. Solid opening match. Mm-hmm. People were into it. The whole, yay, let's go, Roddy. Like six people in the crowd. <laughs> Except for grab him by the ear, guy. Oh, my God, that guy. <laughs> there grab was a guy the throughout ear. the entire show. Grab him by the ear! what the hell man it was funny like the first three or four times and after that it was like oh my god somebody just grabbed somebody by the ear so this guy will shut up and i think it was who finally did i think it was 
Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name. That's super, super, super long hair. Bianca Belair. Yeah, Bianca. I think she finally grabbed, uh, which it was Ember. her and Ember. Yeah. And she finally grabbed Ember. Ember finally grabbed her, and then they like looked around, and I was like, in my head, I was like, he's over there. <laughs> You're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> I know. Vanessa Bourne and Kyrie Sane was the next matchup. Yeah. I know that you two girls both popped for Kyrie Sane. Mm-hmm. She is so adorable. I, I think you were you were kind of surprised by how big Kyrie Sane isn't. Because <laughs> yeah. I think you're taller and probably way more than Kyrie Sane. Probably. I could probably pick her up. Maybe. Would you body slam her? <laughs> No, I would not body slam the adorable little Kyrie Sane. She would elbow drop me. You don't want to be elbow dropped by Kyrie Sane? No. That elbow drop from Kyrie Sane is oh. vicious looking, especially <laughs> when you're in the second <laughs> row. And it's mm. it's more so the sound of the damn thing. For real. Because I mean, she hits that mat hard. Yeah. It's not a joke. It's Kyrie Sane. Defeats Vanessa Bourne in a match that is probably not what you would expect on an NXT live show. Completely. F- I'm not huge on Vanessa. I don't I don't like her. No. Rick's not going to like you after that I comment. know. I'm, the only reason I don't Ooh. like her is I feel like they're trying to make her almost be like, um, almost like if, uh. The diva? Like, no, like, the. I don't like her. I just don't like her. You just don't like her? Like, I just don't. I as feel a like, character or as a talent, you don't like her? As a character. I feel like she could. I, I like her talent. Something missing. Yeah, I just, I don't like that she's, they're trying to make her be the, I'm better than all of y'all, but look at me, I'm so pretty. I don't like it. I yeah. just don't. Well, and she basically kicked the shit out of Kyrie Sane uh-huh. this, for 80% of this match. For it real. wasn't that Kyrie got a whole lot of offense. Uh-huh. I mean, she got the big elbow drop to win it in the end, but. This match was basically Vanessa Bourne beating the shit out of Kyrie Sane. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Kyrie Sane coming back and beating. Her. Yeah, her comeback is something else. But mm-hmm. one one thing that would definitely amuse me would be Oscar versus Vanessa because that would. No, oh, you just want to see Oscar kick her goddamn head off. Yes. <laughs> Don't hate me, Rick. <laughs> so coming up at Takeover, we've got Kyrie Sane versus Nikki Cross versus Ember Moon versus Peyton Royce. Justice, who do you hope wins that match? Oh, God. Uh, Kyrie Sane. I don't. Ember no. Moon, Nikki Cross, or Peyton Royce. I Those are your four choices. I don't know who Peyton Royce is. Out of Thank God for small favors. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I know the rest of them, and I don't know because Nikki Cross is really good. Ember's really good. And Kyrie. Kyrie. Kyrie might get stomped in a match like that, but I'm not sure. It's going to be all four girls in the ring at the same time. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be Nikki, Ember, and Kyrie take out Peyton, throw her, and that's going to be a three of them. Like, I feel like, because I just feel like that's going to happen. I feel like they're going to be like, eh, yeah, let's all tag team against this one and then go at it. So you want then... the three baby faces to beat up the one heel? Yeah. Or You guys or... are vicious. Yeah, we are. <laughs> or, 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 um, or they could have where they, like, 
the two like two people and two people try and go at each other, you know, and like then they, they normally do. Yeah, and then they like try and get rid of Kyrie because I'm pretty sure she's the smallest out of all of them. Yeah. Uh yeah, I would mm-hmm. probably agree with that. So I feel like they'd try and take her out. So then she'd be chilling on ringside area. Then they'd all go at it. Then one of them would try and pin each other, and then. Kyrie would be like, hey, guess what? I'm still here. Elbow drop somebody and then win. So I'm kind of pulling Kyrie. So you're going with Kyrie saying. Mm-hmm. Justice, any opinion? I, I'd say that that would be a good plan, but I'm still... I I don't know because they're all really good. What Sydney said, it, it makes sense. They could do that and it could be a really good match, but I don't know. Heels over strong. I'm still going with Nikki Cross. I'm not huge on Nikki. I know. We had this conversation in the car, and <laughs> I, I just don't understand. You're scared of Nikki Cross. <laughs> I'm not You're scared. intimidated by Nikki Cross. Yeah, pretty much. I feel like... I feel that like... just tells me that she's doing really good at what she's doing. Yeah. I'm not freaked out. When she makes my 14-year-old feel uncomfortable, I'm a fan. <laughs> I feel like... You... <laughs> You like watch horror. You've been watching horror movies since you were like three. Ain't nothing freaks you out, Justice. Nope. You know. <laughs> yeah, you put you put Justice in front of. If you were to put Justice in a ring with Nia Jax, she'd be like, "Oh crap!" But then Nia'd be like, "Hey, how you doing?" And then you'd be like, "Oh hey, you're nice. You're really pretty and nice. Yeah, we'll be friends." And I'd be sitting in the corner like, "Get her away from me! <laughs> Get her away!" You'd be like that dude in the match. <laughs> Get him off of me. Get him off me. He's gross. <laughs> Next matchup, we had some big black guy. I've, I've, I've been digging for this guy's name, and I have no idea I what it was. Know. I don't know either. I'm pretty sure his first name was Brandon, but I'm I, not I, sure what the last name was. No He's idea. a big black guy with really long dreads. He's got a good look. Mm-hmm. I, he obviously needs repackaged with some kind of a cool name. But. He, yeah, he almost reminds me of... <laughs> a not of Tyler Breeze, but of like that's they're trying to not they're he's not. He's got trying, that better than you kind of. He's got that. Look at me. The only reason I think that is because um oh my gosh what's the what is the guy's name in Sandy that he went up against? I can't. Killian Dane. Killian Dane. I feel like because he was because Killian comes up on him in the corner. He goes, "Ew, get him off me, get him off me." He's gross. I feel like that was definitely a Tyler line. <laughs> Killian Dane comes out and just murders this fucking guy. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like there that was definitely a Tyler line. Killian Dane is a very large man. Yes. He is a very large man. Yeah. Very large, hairy man. I Looks like... like he should be in War Machine. I made the comment to the girls, I'm pretty sure this is what Vikings look like. <laughs> yes. Vikings in their underwear look like Killian Dane. <laughs> Agreed. I would run. I would I'm 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 scared of him. I'm freaked out by him. That's the only thing that freaked me out on the show. And I thought it was kinda interesting they presented Killian Dane as a baby face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see sanity as a baby face. Yeah, I'm not sure when Sanity turned babyface. That's kind of weird to me. Honestly. The whole gimmick is they're fucking batshit crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How are we cheering this? I don't know. Honestly, I would much, much, much rather have them have them be like a heel, but almost like a babyface. Kind of like they're on the edge. They're tweeners. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> they're on the edge of being heels, but they're like, no, nah, we're still baby faces. We got to remind you that. So Killian Dane kills this guy. Not the last that we would see of Killian Dane for the night. <laughs> no. no. Lars Sullivan takes on Cassius Ono in our next match. Ooh. Oh, 
Big pop for uh, Cassia Zono. Oh, yes. Yeah. Chris Hero still over in the Midwest. (laughs) Taking on Lars Sullivan. Speaking of very large men, (laughs) Lars Sullivan kind of scares me a little bit. Like, that dude is huge. The trapezius muscles on that guy are the size of my head. He's a big dude. (laughs) He's a big dude. Mm -hmm. And he beat the shit out of Cassius Ono. Mm Mm-hmm. But Ono was definitely the most loved. Ono got him some, though. Mm -hmm. Ono got him some. In the end, Lars Sullivan goes over. Great big, huge new monster. I thought Lars was going to go back and beat on Ono some more after the match was over. I know. He started. He decided against that. mm -hmm. He started to kind of leave. And then I'm pretty sure like every human being in the crowd was like, he's going to go back for more. Then he just left. Ono hits this guy in the back of the head with the knockout punch like three, four times. In the back of the head. Yeah. Full on, like sitting in the second row. It just, it it wasn't that sound like you hear when you're watching Lucha Underground when somebody slaps their thigh. It was that sickening thud that you hear when you hit somebody in the back of the head with Mm -hmm. your fucking elbow. It's when you look at each other and you go, oh. Oh my God. Ah. Just clubbing this guy. (laughs) After that, things really pick up for me. You get... Red Dragon, which is Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. That's what they were called on the on the indie scene. They were called Red Dragon. Now, of course, they're part of the Undisputed Era. Taking on the other two-thirds of Sanity that we would see tonight in Eric Young and Alexander Wolf. Those guys were crazy. Bobby Fish is a shit-talking fool. Majorly. Oh, my gosh. Come on, Kyle. Come, Come on, on Kyle. Kyle. Choke him out, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, you can do it. Come Kyle. on, Kyle. Or, uh, uh, Sanity comes out swinging their belts around. Bobby Fish is yelling at him, Stop Stop swinging the belts! That's how people get hurt! And then the crowd, they look at the crowd, and the crowd goes, One more time! One more time! They're they're like, All right, they swing them more. And then Bobby's like, No, stop it! I'd never seen Sanity do that like that. I mean, it it was full on Seth Rollins when he won the NXT title, and he was like a hardcore kid from Iowa, and that was his gimmick, and he'd come out headbanging, swinging the title around. Both Eric Young and <laughs> Alexander Wolf doing this. It mm-hmm. was insane. Yeah. yeah. And uh, after they swing their belts around, uh, I didn't really care about the other people, not Sanity, but the other people. You so didn't I like uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle no. O'Reilly? Yeah. What didn't you like about them? Are they just too vanilla, too generic for <laughs> you? Yeah. They. They just remind me too much of other people in NXT. I can't Interesting. name. I can't name them down, but they just do. What'd you think of Sanity? They're nuts. They're nuts. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I I found it very. Um, to me, Bobby Fish was the star of this match. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. I felt like the crowd was trying to make Eric Young the star. Didn't Lots go of well. let's go EY chance. Mm-hmm. When I didn't, I never, there, that was one of the chants that I couldn't catch in my ear. Like I was, I was, I was like, let's go. And then like, I would think it was like Eli, but it didn't pop in my E-Y. head. It was EY. It was close. And then I thought about it and then I figured it out and then they didn't do it again. So whatever. Um, but I feel like. What I thought was very amusing was when they had 
um, Eric Young in the corner. I didn't see what he was doing, but he was doing something to Kyle. And Bobby goes, why do you act like that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't catch what he was doing, but it was so funny. Bobby Fish was talking shit through this whole match. And I, I couldn't help, but I'm sitting here trying to watch two of the best tag teams in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to Bobby Fish just shit talking through the whole match. It was hilarious. Bobby Fish did more to develop his character in that show than we've seen the entire time he's been on NXT TV. Mm-hmm. They got to do something with these guys. They're too damn good. One of my favorite things when being up close is that you can hear them talk. <laughs> so they're like talking to the ref or the like you can even hear the ref telling him back off, back off. And they're like, no, like choke him out, Kyle, choke him out. out, check him ref. He's out. He's out. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things about being close is when you can hear them all. It's just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's amusing. To... Like, it's just amazing to hear them sometimes. Like, when we were, um, Dad, when we were doing that, when we went to the SmackDown and Naomi did, I don't even know what that move's called, but when she's up on the on the corner. Split-legged moonsault. <laughs> when she shakes her butt in the other person's face. Oh, no, that's not the split-legged moonsault. No, I don't know. That's what... waving her butt in somebody's face. Yes, I didn't know if that was an, if she Here I am it. trying to get technical wrestling terms in, and you're like, you know, when she shakes her butt in her face, no. this is what pops 14-year-olds. <laughs> no. <laughs> not the split-legged moonsault when she waves her butt in her face. Yeah, definitely, 100%. No, like, I don't remember, but it was funny, because, like, you could hear, she was like, I got her, and then was doing that. It's like, that's one of those things that, like, makes me laugh, because you can hear it, but, like, the people that were behind you, like, a while, like, a far while behind you probably didn't but that's one of the things that makes me laugh because you can hear it and you know more than likely that a couple other people didn't <laughs> so then we go to intermission oh uh, yes it's like a 10 minute intermission aka yeah. daddy smoke break yeah <laughs> aka we jam out to the music and watch people try and guess who's up on the screen <laughs> and and we were commenting earlier we saw these were basically the same videos that we saw uh-huh. when we went to the smackdown show just a couple of months ago yeah mm-hmm. they, they did it at the smackdown show that i saw were well. they the same videos though like literally the same video or i mean i know they did the same concept but like we saw literally the same video yeah we uh it was it was wrestle it was stuff from wrestlemania yeah that was the road to wrestlemania so that was a little different but oh I remember, yeah that's right that's but i remember right. like the when they find someone in the crowd to guess guess what happens next i re- i recognize that like oh like 100 percent. i remember I the too. kid and yeah so they played that at the th- all three of them i don't know if that's like their their live video i don't know what it is but i recognized it i didn't remember what happened after seeing it for the third time but i remembered it i bet you i remembered the kid saying he could counter the rko and then giving him a big old hug in the end what were you gonna say jaybug uh i think they just do that to add on maybe to the fans or maybe to sell out more because they normally do it with kids yeah in the front row they they mainly do that Back from intermission, we get Ember Moon versus Bianca Belair. To me, this was the match of the night. Mm-hmm. I thought this was the best wrestled match of the night. Yeah. So now I've heard of Bianca wrapping her hair around her opponents. We didn't get to see that at our match that we went to. No. Did, did she whip? She whipped Ember with she, her hair yeah. a couple of times. I, m- I remember hearing people go, wrap her hair around her. And I'm like, what? grab her by the ear. Grab her by the ear. 
Sure. <laughs> that fucking drunk guy. <laughs> Wasn't like Sister Abbott. That was a good match. I did enjoy it. It was a good match. It I was a solid it. match. I still think there's going to be mad money in Bianca Belair for somebody who's only been in this industry for a year. She's... She's really good. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. got that charisma to her. She's like the badass version of Sasha Banks. Yes. That's when, the character I wish heel. Sasha was. <laughs> when Sasha was heel and they tried to make her really cool. Bring back Ratchet Sasha. <laughs> yes. Hashtag. As Matanza Cueto and Pentagon Jr. come on our TV. I'm sitting yeah. here talking about Bianca Belair and Ember Moon. Talk about polar opposite. <laughs> For real. This was a really good match and they gave these two girls some time. Ember Moon oh, yeah. ends up getting the win in the end, but this thing could have kind of went either way. I uh, I kind of saw it as, since it wasn't live TV, I mean, it said that it was live Des Moines, but it obviously wasn't, like, broadcasting. No, it was a house show. Yeah. Yeah, but... It wasn't aired. I, yeah, I saw it as any championship match, the championship wasn't going to change at all. Of course. Because it was of course. a home one. There was no championship on the line in this match, though. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed, is I didn't see we the have women's... No, we have no women's champion currently. Yeah, because it was Asuka, wasn't it? It was Asuka. Asuka relinquished the title. Mm-hmm. And now that's why we're doing this four-way at TakeOver, is to see who's mm-hmm. going to be the next champion. Yeah. Rather okay. than just giving it to somebody. Yeah. But you would think that it would be Ember. But... You would think it I'd, would be Ember? I'd give it to Bianca. She's got money. I can see... Please, I just... Gosh. Well, Bianca's not in the match. No. It's Ember, Kyrie, Nikki Cross, and Peyton Royce. Out of those four, I would rather they either give it... Because since Kyrie's so new, I wouldn't want them to give it to her. I don't want them to give it to Kyrie because I'm afraid if they give it to Kyrie, it's just going to feel like a continuation of Asuka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she's got to set herself apart from Asuka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I know Ember's tried to get it for a while so it makes sense to have her get it nikki i could see them giving it to her but i feel like if they did it would be a thing where people would she they'd try to give it not give it to her but like they'd try to come at her for it and she'd be like yeah okay come at me i got a belt i can swing around too like come on let's go and then they'd come at her and she'd be like yeah and hit her with <laughs> hit him with the belt or something which which move do you think is cooler? Ember's eclipse, that stunner off the top rope, or the Kyrie Sane elbow drop? Oh, Ember's. Ember's. J Bug, which one do you think is cooler? Um, I bet you the elbow drop will get more known as she goes on at NXT. But I I I think that the elbow drop is really good and it's not quite of a hard move to pull off but if you try to pull off the way that Kari Sane pulls it off it's Kyrie does that's the most violent elbow drop I've ever seen in my life exactly Mm -hmm. that's and she does it so well (coughs) yeah speaking of guys with a bitch and elbow drop (laughs) in the your dad's an asshole match of the night (laughs) the Velveteen Dream yes in his Marilyn Manson t-shirt. That was weird. <laughs> Patrick. Takes on Alistair Black. Patrick. This is, the, this is the first of what I expect to be two takeover matches that we saw on this show. I This is one that I thoroughly enjoyed. They've been I hyping this too. match 
for a while on NXT TV. We finally get to see it live. And your dad's an asshole. <laughs> As this match is progressing, <laughs> Velveteen Dream keeps yelling at Alistair Black, Say, Say my, my name. name! Say it! Patrick. <laughs> I just yelled out as loud as I could. Patrick. And everyone's like, And then All right. the crowd let Patrick have it. <laughs> Patrick. Patrick. It was the best. My favorite. I just love it. I and just he played it. it great. He was so freaking annoyed. My name's yeah. not a Patrick. Patrick. My name is the Velveteen Dream. Patrick. Covering up his ears, stomping his feet, super irritated. Yelling. Even got Alistair to call him Patrick twice. a couple of times. I loved it. Yeah, uh, the, the Patrick would be would say, "Say my name," to Alistair, and Alistair would say, "Patrick." <laughs> and they just keep on going on. And uh, at one point, <laughs> Alistair Black gets the Velveteen Dream tied up in the ropes. <laughs> Very similar to the spot that was on NXT TV last week where Velveteen Dream had Alistair tied up in the ropes. Mm -hmm. That was an homage to that. I know neither oh, one yeah. of you have seen it. Mm -mm. Haven't seen it. Mm. And <laughs> Alistair Black proceeds to beat the ever-loving piss out of Patrick Clark. And Velveteen Dream, whatever the hell you want to call him, the crowd lets in. You killed Patrick! Patrick. But my favorite is I turn around before the you killed Patrick and I see this guy with beer in hand and he just goes, huh, you killed Patrick. And then like half and the, then the crowd and just then like, went with it. And then his big chunk clapped and then did it again. And so the whole crowd was like, oh, sure, this is funny. And then he, like Alistair's like, huh, like I could tell Alistair got a kick out of it. thought it was kind of weird. Alistair Black was in pants. Yeah. That was as opposed yeah. to his regular trunks Different. and kick pads. Yeah, he also didn't have his. He didn't entrance. do the full entrance. There was no smoke. There was no coffin Rise raise thing, thing. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me too god awful much. It yeah. wasn't a big. They aren't going to waste that kind of money for his a entrance. Show. Was still badass, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah. That could... freaking music hits you just like a goddamn mm -hmm. shotgun to the chest. I could feel it, and oh, it was awesome. They, oh my gosh, it was just one of those things where. Like, at first, because I don't know his music too much, so at first, I was like, oh, What's this is going to be sweet. And I was, like, looking at the Tron, trying to figure it out. I was like, say, like, a name or something. Because it's all candles. Yeah, because it's all candles. And I'm like, I know this. And then, like, the guitars hit, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sweet. It's Alistair. The one thing I did notice is at the merch table, they didn't have it in black. No, they only had the white Alistair black shirt. Go figure. Which is lame. Mm -hmm. People yeah. don't buy white t-shirts. As a guy that's been in a band, I've made that mistake. <laughs> Guys don't buy white t-shirts. Mm -hmm. no. no. No, no, Black or red. Mm -hmm. Then we move on to our main event of the night. <gasps> Andrade Cien Almas versus Adam Cole. Baby. Versus Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I think Adam Cole had the pop of the night. Yeah. Agreed. Definitely. Everyone said People were stoked to see Adam in. Cole. Too sweet. That was good. Yeah, there was the two sweet chant. Adam Cole holding his hand up to his ear, looking at both Andrade and Drew, saying, Hey, you hear that? That's mm -hmm. right. I'm the guy that's oh. over. One, one, although uh, 
this I just remembered this. We got Alistair a two sweet. That was pretty sweet. Alistair did throw up the two sweet at one point. Yeah, because we were all like trying to. We were all putting up the didn't, two sweet. Didn't we come? Hashtag up cease and desist. Throughout the entire show, the crowd, of course, one, two, sweet. At one point during Velveteen Dream versus Alistair Black, somebody kicked out at a one count. I did a one sweet, and some guy like six rows over popped like hell for it. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It was. So CN versus Cole versus McIntyre. Your main event of the night for the NXT Championship. I've been predicting this is going to be a takeover match. I'm going to stick with that prediction because this match was fucking awesome. Agreed. Yeah. Drew McIntyre is a man amongst boys. A very, very, very big man. Yes. He is at least a head taller than both Adam Cole and Andrade Cien Almas. Mm, yeah, it it was, uh, it was sad seeing. Him did you catch demolished. when all three of them were standing in the ring before the intros? Did you catch what Drew, what Drew did? Maybe no. he got down on one knee. I noticed that. I did notice that. So that way you didn't notice how much he towers. Over I noticed. The other I got a picture of him with that with the championship. Is that what we're talking about? Yep. Uh huh. I remember that. I remember that. I was, when they brought, because they brought CN out first, so I noticed that, and I was like, because I knew, I was like, in my head, I was like, they always have the champion come out last, but if this match, like, if it's... No, goddammit, they don't always have the champion come no. out last, and it drives me fucking crazy. Every goddamn uh -huh. time the champion comes out first. I rant and rave about that on this show all the I fucking know. time. It's annoying, but like, I was like... Sorry, had to get that rant out. <laughs> For the 13th time now. Um, but no, like, I was like, if this, because we were like, this is going to have Adam Cole in it. Like, they have to have Adam Cole. So I was like, sweet. And then I was like, not too sweet. Um, but I was like, I wonder if they're going to bring Adam Cole out next after CN or if they'd wait for him less. Because I was like, if I was Hunter, <laughs> I would think he's definitely going to get a big pop. Where do I put him? And then they had him out next. And I was like, that makes total sense. But still, I thought it was... Pretty. What did you guys think of CN? Uh, or what do you think of CN in general? Yeah. Do you think, let me rephrase. Do you think that Drew McIntyre versus CN by itself can be the title match at NXT TakeOver? Mm. Or do they have to put Adam Cole into that match? I, I want Adam Cole to be They need that. Adam Cole. <laughs> Yeah. For this match to be good, you need Adam Cole in that. Like, I, I think every match needs Adam Cole. I need more Adam Cole in my life. Baby. I feel like that match was... I don't... I don't like... I like the match, but I feel like it's almost... I don't... I cannot think who was on the main roster where this happens all the time, but where the chicky saves him. I remember I noticed once, I don't know if you Miz. caught it. Uh, Miz kind of, oh, but he has a he has a baby accepting at home. He has a baby developing at home. Well, they, they announced they're going to have a baby girl, by the way. I don't think you do. Oh, heard I didn't that know yet. that. That's I, I cool. heard they didn't have a baby. Yep, I didn't know they're having they were a, baby have a baby girl. Aw, cute. Anyway. <laughs> In 20 years, she's going to beat the shit out of Birdie Brian. <laughs> yes. Next generation. That's great. Um, Is it bad that I, I want I want Mrs. Child in. Daniel Daniel's child to be friends for like they grow up and then there's like okay you guys go at it now what <laughs> they become the new uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn yes <laughs> anyway yeah. but no like because I remember at some point 
Cien uh, was out on the outside of the ring, and so was, I think it was Adam Cole as well, I think. What are you doing with my Tyler Breeze action figure? <laughs> I'm looking at it. And, at um, face. <laughs> you just threw Tyler <laughs> on the floor. You? <laughs> what did you do that for? That hit my foot, by the way. I'm not sure I can continue with this interview, ladies and gentlemen. I can't. <laughs> I'm so distraught. Oh, wow. How dare you? Is it okay? It, it's okay. It was Baloney! Like that. It was like that when I got it. <sighs> <laughs> this is why we don't have nice things. <laughs> anyway, but I think it was Drew was down in the middle, almost middle, and, and Chicky, Vega came in. And Chicky goes in, does something, runs back out, but it was it like was a slide. A, it was basically a Hurricane Rana DDT, very, very similar to what Kalisto's been using as a finish lately. Except, he, except Drew was sitting down, she slides in, does it, slides out. And I was like... Of course, I have Chicky Baby go in. Like I was like, I don't, I don't like it when the it's like a male match and they have the girl at the sideline and the Chicky Baby saves everything. I just can't stand it when. Okay, that maybe maybe it isn't a girl because I know uh, that Ginger does it with it with the two the Sing brothers. brothers, yeah, whose names I don't care of. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah, I listen to your podcast. Go once. go back to the last episode if you want to know. That story. <laughs> I don't even know their names. When Rick accused me of being a racist. Oh my but he gosh. didn't even know them. But he didn't know their names either. So. <laughs> screw you, Rick. Ha ha! My 14-year-old says, screw you, Rick. <laughs> <coughs> so, of course, Drew wins this match. <laughs> of course, because he's the NXT champion. Andrade takes a powder. Him and Vega head to the back. And, and you're left with... Adam Cole in the ring and Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Drew starting to celebrate his win when and all of a sudden Sanity's music hits. Oh no, Adam's friends came out. Oh yeah, that's right. Undisputed Era came out to help Adam Cole. Yes. So you end up with the Undisputed Era taking on Drew McIntyre, just beating the shit out of him because three on one. Then- that sounds legit. Mm-hmm. And who comes to make the save but Sanity, Sanity. out of absolutely nowhere. Uh-huh. And Their music hits. Undisputed Era takes a look at the ramp. They don't. And then what happens, Sydney? I turn around because I'm looking around because Dad and I, we thought. We knew they weren't coming we through knew, the entrance. Yeah, they aren't I, I, coming I through they there. They weren't going to come out. I just didn't really look anywhere. Yeah, they aren't, they aren't coming through there. So I'm looking around because our section. There were made like that. Our section was super empty. There was like we basically had a private viewing section. It was nice. There was like five people in our section of like 20 seats. So I look besides the scary security guard in front of us. Yeah, besides the scary security guard staring at us the whole show, making sure that we're not taking video and ruining my pictures. (laughs) Um, so (laughs) so he. So I'm looking around and I was like, sweet, because if they come through by us, I'm like, I'm going to like get to see Sandy. That'll be sweet. And I look behind me and like the doors were open to like leave. They were just open. And I see them bolt past the doors. And I was like, they're going through that entrance. And I was like, dad, dad, I just saw them bolt because I like they were well, first, sprinting. Fr- first you first you uh, tapped on my shoulder and I'm like, yeah. what? And then I turn around I was and like, I see them. And I, was I like, just, oh. I was like, look, look, look. Cause it was like all of them like going. I was like, look, they're like, they're right there. And so, but so like, um, and then they come through and they get in the ring. And one thing I was like, sweet. Cause we didn't get to see Johnny in a match. So I was <laughs> like, if this, if they're going to bring him out, bring him out now. Nope. 
No Johnny. No, no authors Johnny of pain. Gargano. Which no I wanted to see. Pain. You so badly wanted to see. I wanted to see. I wanted to see Johnny. I needed a Johnny Gargano. I wanted to see just... the authors because aren't they? They're still in NXT. Right? Yep, AOP. AOP. They're I, still. I, I wanted to see the authors of pain. They're big dudes, but. So Sanity comes out, makes the save, basically. They run off Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And Sanity is left with Adam Cole in the ring and Drew McIntyre unconscious in the corner. Adam Cole down on his knees. (laughs) Adam Cole on his knees, just begging for Sanity to let him go. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. I'm begging you. Please. Please Don't. And he's down on his knees, begging to all of Insanity them. Insanity obliges. He, mm-hmm. Sanity's like, all right, okay, okay, we're I'll, cool with that. I'll leave you here in the ring. I'll let you. I'll let you chill. We let, we'll we'll leave. We'll go in the back. Sanity leaves the ring. Adam Cole stands up and realizes he has outsmarted everybody. He's the smartest guy in the room once again, even pointing to his head. He's like, I'm good. I, I got this. Him. I'm outsmarted him. This is fantastic. This I'm is Adam Cole, baby. And, and as soon around. as he drops his arms from saying Adam Cole, baby, he turns around and he meets a Claymore kick. <laughs> By a man who is definitely, definitely Definitely really tall. <laughs> Drew McIntyre kicks Adam Cole's head off to send the crown home happy for the night. At least in theory, that was the idea, although that was a very, very pro Adam Cole crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely 100%. <laughs> so final thoughts. NXT Des Moines, your first NXT show. It was sweet. It, was it too, too sweet? sweet? Yes. Season desist. <laughs> Mark for edit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I'm hope I'm hoping that I'll get to see it more. Would you rather now that you've been <laughs> to a main roster show and an NXT show, which would you rather go to if you had your choice? Um, people might get mad at me for this, but uh, I'd say that NXT has more of the talent down there because of Hunter, and he gives them more of a better storyline, and gives them more of a better chance than Vince does up. You can't tell my influence at all, can you? Nah, no. None of you can tell. But, uh... That's okay. There's nobody listening to this bullshit anyway. I listen to it. (laughs) I listen to it when you put it on. It's interesting. I'll be in algebra and Dad will send me the link and I'll be like, hey, I'm finished my homework. I got nothing to do. Click. Yeah. Make sure that homework's finished first. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. All you kitties, make sure you do your homework before you listen to that damn podcast. <laughs> Fergal, make sure you listen to the... Fergal! Finish your homework with Coleman Lopez before you can put that that podcast! <laughs> before you get up on the roof of the Sharknator. Grandpa, Grandpa Fergal. That's our, our favorite character here Grandpa at Grandpa Devin, back, back at we it We have again. a good time around our house. <laughs> and we also have the uh, lovely... Snuffy and Big Bird. (laughs) (laughs) And we're derailing. (laughs) I guess that brings us basically to the end of the segment, unless either one of you girls have any further comments about NXT. Uh, Just don't waste your snacks on stuff. (laughs) Don't waste your snacks on stuff. Oh, yeah, because you were watching TLC yesterday, (laughs) and you were were more interested in your potato chips than you were in Elias versus Jason Jordan. (laughs) 
yeah. and you got super pissed off because you wasted all of your snacks on Elias and Jason Jordan <laughs> instead of saving them I for would. the main event. This is what she was upset about in that match. That's I, how over Elias and Jason Jordan are with I, this demographic. I would much, <laughs> I would much rather walk with Elias than watch Jason Jordan. We all want to walk with Elias. We all do. Yeah. It's just some of us admit it, and the rest of you are just haters. Don't want to admit how great Elias He's is. He's amazing. I mean, like I was watching, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go grab my snack, and it's like those little poppables by Lay's. So I'm like eating these, and I'm watching, and I'm watching the match, and I'm like, hmm. Okay, whatever. So I'm just eating these. Then I finish them and the match ends. And I was like, that could have been way better. I just wasted my snack on watching Jason Jordan and Elias. That's great. Well, then. You poor thing. How will you ever survive? (laughs) I don't know. All right. Let's kick it to a musical break. What should I play here in the musical break, girls? Ooh. uh, What should I play? (laughs) Rock, paper, scissors, and who chooses? Ooh, here we go. Rock, Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Is it best out three or only one? No, it's only one. It's only one. Uh, And you can't play. So justice one. And you can't pick gimme chocolate because we just played that. Yeah, you can't can't use gimme chocolate because we played that on the last show. Uh, So we can't. I'm not going to use baby metal though. No baby metal. Okay, what do you want? Uh, What a tech nine song be? You want a tech nine song? Which tech nine song should I play here? Any. Main Struzik? Any tech nine. Oh, so does that mean Any tech nine song? Yeah. Okay, well, Justice, you, we'll go with Tech Nine. Sydney, what Tech Nine song do you want to hear? Uh, Weefy. The Weefy. The Weefy. The, it's it it. But not the skit, the actual song. Yeah, All right. it's uh, it's on uh, the storm. Mm, yeah. Yes, my fourteen-year-old and my eleven-year-old, all about the Tech Nine. Strange music represent. Main Struzik. Woo. So this is Tech Nine. This is called The Weefy. We'll be right back with Rick and me and some other bullshit. (laughs) Be right back. Going up. Ain't nobody but tech I've been dope since I put raps on BASF cassette Since then my pain been in war like Montague's and Capulets A menacing strap you get Been winning in rap who's next to get permanent power polluted Paper protruded, Punani preys on its pubics and they're prepared to pursue it Get us then we drills them, having plenty thrills them Wellington, New Zealand banging her with a chest like Wendy Williams Everybody know what the kind of money I bring to the table like I put them on Take a all around the world, get the dough and get the girl Touching other people and I brought the hood along Teams wide, wings fly, things die but the king's eye, people never seen cry If you wanna see the mean side, just go stream What I sing, one steam, put your hand in my bean pie Salam Basim, Hakim and Kirhramin I'm something fierce I bring Player haters too tierce with my schemes Come reach me, I got this species Locked in, no one can beat me The feces, what I released on this beat He's gonna wanna seek me Cause I'm the Weefy I can put you on I'ma push along Now you're setting stone I'm the Yeah People need me, I'm the Weefy, I get them on movies and TV, connecting Scooby and Stevie, straight from Missouri to Fiji, trying to intrigue me ain't easy, unless you bringing in bad beezies and threebies, we be having them louder than one money for DB, Oregon, grinders so they pour us in their mouth, that they love it like Thor's, and when they freaking out, I'm Jim Morrison, but I go without hair, Billy Corrigan, releasing a lot more of them endorphins, Weefy wins the war again, the gore has been like a horror film, cause we kill, everything so be still, when we moving, not a cheap thrill, when the beat feels like E-Peels, 
Currently repping B-Till My B-L-O-O-D spills Then again, tech me to keep meals So I know I'ma give me a refill Tech is highly respected Been with a few major labels and left it I rated my records intrepid Since they didn't rep it, then F it Now I'm elected to get the check and invested I'm such a vet, you can bet that I can get you connected Cause I'm the Weefy I can put you on I'ma push along Now you're set in stone, I'm the uh, If you with me but hating me, disconnect from me, get away from me Get a bit of fame thinking they big as your paper be When they try to shake a G, they normally have to take a fee That's lower than what they pay for He that works at Eminem Bakery You doubt a nine, you out of sight, you out of mind Niggas shout a crime from me, they sniffing them powder lines I'm the righteous, but I kill them in like them cypress Play me like I'm not the nicest No weefy, leave you lifeless Taking a knife to fight with ISIS I like it, when they spite, they get vices When they hit that pipe, think they psychic When I figure my mic and try to slice it But they do fizzle when they hear some woo Whistles disrespect me true This will happen and they lose signal This was long awaited Strangers how all the fakes were created They think they made it Forgot about me and skated They music everybody played it Cause I was right there to save it They downgraded They hate it Cause they signal is faded Cause I'm the weefy nigga I can put you on Let my push along Now you're setting stone I'm the Alright we're back for segment three I think this is the first time we've ever had a segment three, Rick. Yeah, look at that, man. We're expanding all the time. This is going to be quick, though. But on the way home from the NXT show, I had this thought. How could we have fixed the under siege angle? And why the under siege angle isn't what we kind of hope that it would be? WWE is the brand. Raw is not the brand. SmackDown's not the brand. If they wanted to do this right, couldn't you have had the NXT roster invade? NXT has that brand loyalty like ECW used to have. People don't view NXT as part of the WWE. Imagine how much cooler the Survivor Series angle would have been if NXT would have rated both shows. And you would have had WWE versus NXT. I mean, to, to play a little, to play a little bit of devil's advocate here with you, I, I got a few questions I, I want to throw at you here to, to see how you're going to twist this for everybody out there. All right, shoot. Uh, now, my first one, I, I love your comparison there, that ECW kind of loyalty feel. There were, we do know they are under that umbrella, but they, they are kind of off to their side there. They're kind of like that, uh, that, that forgotten... They're the redheaded stepchild. Okay, well, yeah, we'll go, we'll go with that there. You know, I was going to say you know, that they are a bit neglected. You know, because it always kind of kills me, and I try to avoid this every time that it comes up in a conversation when on SmackDown as main roster. When in my eyes, there's so much going on with NXT that just blows away anything that you see that's red and blue. Yeah. Uh, it demoralizes them, you know, it devalues what what NXT has, has worked for and grown towards to build it to be its own brand. But with that there, you know, it is a network exclusive. Uh, they, they have two tours that they run. Far stretch. The red and the blue brand. So would there be a concern star power? I don't think so. At least not right now. I mean not with Drew Galloway 
or Drew McIntyre. God, I can't get past that. To me, he's still Drew Galloway. With him leading the helm, I mean, because it's a name that the main roster already knows. They'd be like, oh, that's where he went. I just think this would be a great opportunity to get casual viewers to buy the network so they could see NXT. And I, I, I in the end, isn't that really what this is all about? This is all about network subs, right? That's your, your perfect selling point there. You're right, you know, maybe they don't necessarily know these names right off the bat. Really the whole thrill, because let's face it, there wasn't really a whole lot of logic that went into what the hell they did there. Yep, because it was just gratuitous violence. You simply replace replace Shane McMahon with either Triple H, if you want to go that way and reintroduce him back to the main roster, or William Regal, and do the same exact angle. That was going to be my next question because you do because you kind of need what Heyman was during the Extreme Invasion, not science thing, but when we actually first saw. The existing ECW. The original Bob ECW invasion. And Sabu showing up yep. on Monday Night Raw. Yep. I would go with Triple H. Personally, I would go with Triple H. Introduce him back to the roster as Papa Triple H and let the cards fall where they may. To potentially do that as a two-parter. Because I think you still have that with Regal and you know, on last week's program, when we were really running down that very special episode of NXT, we had so much praise for the general manager character that we're getting from Regal there. I would almost think, you know, he is that initial one to come out. You do have some history there. I think there would be some good banter and some good chemistry. Him handling that position against Kurt Angle. And then maybe as you really grow that, NXT versus the red and blue, then maybe you introduce the boss of bosses. Well, and then you also have the storyline of what about the guys on the main roster who still pledge loyalty to NXT? Guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, Finn Balor. Where do they stand? I think, you know, really what we kind of, you do have something built in here, Uh, especially single out Sami Zayn. What's he been saying about Missed opportunities and not be given chances. Oh, down in NXT, Sammy. You're valued there. Former NXT champion. I just think it's a missed opportunity, man. I think that would have been really cool, especially with the hashtag under siege thing. If you would have had Regal or Hunter at the head of this thing and you bring in Sanity, Drew Galloway, Undisputed Era. I mean, I've done so much here. You could have had a huge angle. I, you basically could have done the Ring of Honor invasion. Got it all sitting right there for you. Now, would you extend to really hype up the takeover with Survivor Series and almost make it a two night show? Make it a two night show. Can't miss either night. God, I think that would have been good, man. I think that could have been so good. And it's something that they could always do next year. I mean, there's no expiration date on this storyline, especially with as top-heavy as talent is down at NXT right now. 
further there, too. Uh, you've already got a three-man war games being set for NXT TakeOver. You just take that, that three-team war games and headline that on Survivor Series. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown versus Team NXT. Red versus blue versus yellow. Really want if you're so dead set on getting those shield t-shirts out there and getting people to try to, you know, that extra support for Roman, well, you talk about a reason to bring the shield back together. Do you need them to come defend the red brand in a war games match? Fuck yeah. Sign me up for that. That'd be dope. Especially if you had a superstar shakeup and you say you sent just Gallows and Anderson to SmackDown. You could have had the Shield versus the Bullet Club versus the Undisputed Era. Think of how fucking sick that would have been. You could tell enough story there in your setup where you're going to be exciting enough for, yes, your casuals, because we do have some unfamiliar names in there, but you can get them hooked. Uh, you're going to get some pops out of you know, a variety smarter fans there for a completely different reason. Man, what a missed opportunity. They could have done so when you brought this, When you brought this up, you, you kept me in the dark on it. And I, I think correct here, Yargo. I mean, this could have been like a, a very special moment. You talk about a time that kind of put a pause on everything and create something special. I mean, this would have been it. Well, I mean, the thing that really got me thinking about it is while we were at the NXT show, they introduced Charlie and they put up, you know, the countdown to the beginning of the show. And she's like, let's hear that NXT chant. And that place erupted with the NXT, NXT. And I, and I just thought to myself, God, this feels like going to an ECW show. And that got me to thinking of when ECW invaded Raw. And it was like, man, how cool would it have been if they would have done ECW versus WWE in a Survivor Series kind of setting. And it was like, man, NXT versus WWE. And and say Vince finally buys into it. You put Vince on TV. And the prize is SmackDown. NXT takes over SmackDown. And even, I just think about, I think how fun it is. I mean, it's fun to watch a rivalry on television between the different brands or talents or however you lay that out. You know, sports so much fun is when you have rivalry amongst the fans. Yeah, because you would, you would have that NXT pride versus the WWE main roster. And it would be the Smarks versus the Casuals. I see you're building some tension between those two. And not to mention future storylines when talent gets called up. Say Adam Cole is the is the captain of Team NXT. When it's time for Adam Cole to come up, who what fucking show wants him? Yeah, what the hell were you? Or then you also have people, you know, like Van Dam who became a, a WWE sympathizer. God, so much you could do with that story. And then you also effectively establish NXT as that third brand rather than just developmental because they can claim it's a third brand all they want until they include it in the financial sheet, which there's nothing about NXT in there, by the way, they're just developmental. They're just down there eating money with contracts and they're not making any fucking money. 
that's how they're perceived. You know, it's just kind of tied in with the performance center. Yep. But they want to establish it as a third brand. This is how you do it. And I think it'd be awesome. I think that's a storyline people could invest in. If you can present it in that way, it's only going gonna, gonna to improve the quality of that product. You know, I go back times about, and I, you know, when I grew up here in Cincinnati, in southern Ohio, we had a hotbed promotions. A number of them were feeder promotions for WWE and WCW. Along to WWE, as I'm sitting here watching them every week, but because of the vibe and how they presented themselves, their own standalone promotion. That's what's, that's a feeling you kind of need there. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be really, really cool. So I guess that's it for episode 10. Coming up later this week, we're going to have our SmackDown review, special hit or miss, the release fallout, more, whenever we can get it recorded. I can't even tell you exactly what day that's going to be at this point. There's a show to look forward to, though. We've, we've, like I said, we've got a great, up, so much content going on right there with some financials, with you know the SmackDown fallout. So, so much news that, that I know is just kind of mounting with us that, that we want to make sure we touch base with. Uh, maybe a possible guest. And, and, and probably treating that as a true grand launch between the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast and TheGorillaPosition.com. Make sure that you follow the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Follow the show on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Drop us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. Make sure that you subscribe to Hitting the Marks on iTunes, Podbean, so that you never miss an episode. Drop us that five-star Meltzer review if you have time. Also, be sure that you check out our new support system over at GorillaPosition.com. I'm sorry, TheGorillaPosition.com. Make sure you get that in there. Otherwise, God knows what you might find on the internet. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how did the stalkers find you? As always, the masses can find me on Twitter at TheRealRBV. I would like to invite uh, to all the listeners to head over to Facebook and look up the WrestleZone discussion group. Some great live chat covering all the major shows. Uh, we're also getting ready to begin our year in awards, which will run through the end of the year. And it should be a lot of, a lot of, between all of our members that are going to be participating there. And one more plug there for our, for our new partners. Absolute best in uh, featured content and exclusives you're not gonna you're not gonna find anywhere else on the interweb. And make sure you head on over to the gorillaposition.com. Out of here, I, I want to remind you you are not getting off the hook with something here, buddy. What's that? Did I forget something? To, it, yeah, I mean, we gotta go back to check this. Apparently you've had you've had me in the dark here for a week, and I guess even longer you've been keeping this into yourself. You've been keeping this for two months here. Brand uh, rib that's going on. Oh, the 10 episode rib. The 10 episode rib. Rick, I have a question for you. What's my name? I guess, have I been pronouncing it wrong here? You have been saying Yargo for two and a half fucking months. Okay. It's jar go. As in a jar. 
like of peanut butter, not a yar. It's a jar. Jar go. For two and a half months, you have been pronouncing my fucking name wrong. Jar, yeah, that. And see, that's you know, that's just front of the drinker in there, you know, because I don't say it's Jaeger based Spicer. Uh huh, uh huh. You know, I noticed this probably back at about episode three, and I was like, Rick doesn't know what my fucking name is, and so it's been this long on running joke. But you're starting to drive my 14 year old crazy. Jar. Okay. Jar. Jar go. And you know what the funny fucking part about that is? Is every show I say, my name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. And at the end of the show, I say, you can find me across all social media platforms at not Jargo. <laughs> it goes right over my head because I'm looking at my own notes because I know when you get to that point, you're about ready to kick it over to me. So you heard that, ladies and gentlemen. This piece of shit, he's not even listening to me when I fucking talk. Not even listening to me. Well, now, now I feel completely terrible. You should. You should feel like a terrible fucking human. You should feel like Shane McMahon right now. So there you go. The 10 episode rib. It's it. If you call me Yargo again, I might fucking just freak the fuck out. That's how I screen hey, telemarketers. All right, Jar Jar. That's how, that's how I screen telemarketers. If I answer the phone and they say, hello, is Mr. Yargo available? Nope. Don't know who in the fuck that is. Click. I'm going to do some research here and really find out if, if you guys are, maybe you're just pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> yes. I have, I have no idea how to pronounce my fucking name. Yeah. Maybe it was like some shit that got switched when you came over off the boat and somebody just wasn't really sure what to do with it. When I came over off the boat and you have the, uh, you have the nerve to call me a racist on a previous episode. You call me a racist and you're over here talking about my ancestors coming off the fucking boat. Jesus Christ. And how, we're else, were they, how, how else were they going to get over here? All right. They swam. Olympic racist. swimmers in my family. Luxury boat coming over. And you're probably going to like some raft and swimming over here. So that's you it for episode 10. <laughs> This is Jargo and Rick R signing off. We're up like a prom dress. See ya. Watch your fingers. Label me. I don't give a f-